put the children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo to bare their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating, and that is a lot. Then, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. <laughs> Eric Kramer, for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is... If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. Look, I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan, tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth. And they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? I love the efficiency of bourbon. Ladies and gentlemen... Dan and Aldo. Oh, yeah, I fucked up that opening <laughs> big time. Did I fuck it up? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I got a setup over here that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And yeah, I kept hearing something throughout the, the audio there. Did you? Oh, Through you know the what? intro, I was hearing something. I was like, God, is that me? Where's that coming from? <laughs> Hey, if you don't mind me commenting, because again, I wasn't I wasn't alive yet. But that uh-huh. that in the, on the intro, I've heard that story about Greg Latta so many times, the late Greg Latta. But I did a deep dive on the '77 Bears recently, and that was the first of six straight victories to get them into the playoffs. So That's if right. Latta doesn't make that catch, they don't make the playoffs. And in typical Bears fashion, they have to beat the Giants to get in. And, of course, miss like three field goals, including like a 19-yarder, before finally, for the love of God, in a nice storm, Bob Thomas finally makes one. Whether it's Bob Thomas or Kevin Butler or anyone that we think is good, there's always the, oh, shit, they just met, they, they're they 0 for 2 from 19 yards in this game. That, that, how does that always happen to the Bears? We can never know. have a kicker, even when we think we have a kicker. It's like Butler was there forever, Thomas was there forever, but they both – both are missing 19-yard field goals in the clutch. Yeah. Dan Aguirre coming in hot on this episode <laughs> of Bear Their Souls. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of old games. Our guy Ron got his today. Yeah, uh, his big package games, of 80, huh? 80 football games I mailed this man. It took me like four weeks to do it. So, And then now I feel like I've earned our Bears Raiders tickets from him. Nice. And what about – Aaron Current, have you? Uh, do you know who this guy is? At yeah, all? yeah, I met Aaron last year or two years ago before the the beatdown in Cleveland that we were all privy to in that bar. We were watching UFC together. Remember? That's right. That's yeah, right. What, yeah. what was the name of the drink that we were having, Aaron? Do you remember? No, oh, I do. <laughs> Lick my pussy shots. My wife, <laughs> my wife definitely. My wife made you go order them from that little college girl. <laughs> 
exactly. I was like, uh, you know, a little ashamed to order it. She goes, come on, come on, say it, say it. <laughs> I don't want to say it. I want to do it, honey. <laughs> but indeed, Aaron Current, uh, co-host of the Barfly Tailgate Show, is with us. They are on primarily during the season and during busy off-season uh, uh, months. And they might have a very special show coming up real soon, maybe as early as Sunday. AC, you want to talk about it? Yeah, we got it in the works. As everybody knows, my uh, our guy, my co-host KB, uh, his cousin Andrew Billings was fortunate enough to be signed by our Chicago Bears, something that I want to say we spoke into existence on BFTG when we had him on. Uh, we were definitely throwing our recruitment at him like uh like nick saban um to to get him in chicago and it seemed to have worked um he is down in florida i don't know if he wants me to disclose this or not but he is down in florida working out with some other bears players right now so we're trying to work it out with his schedule and our schedule uh we're hoping this sunday uh but definitely stay tuned obviously subscribe to the to the barroom network here on youtube and when we go live Hey, you guys will know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I mean, I, I'm not bragging just because they're on the Barroom Network, but the Barfly Tailgate Show is one of the best shows you'll find to get you prepped up for games on Sunday. They do an hour and a half, sometimes two hours, sometimes a little more. Uh, they got a great cast of characters, a diverse group with plenty of opinions. It's a well-produced show. AC has... AC didn't know anything at all about the business when he first started. You know, he was, uh, to say that you were a novice would be a kind thing, right? Wouldn't it be? Yeah, yeah. I was a complete a complete amateur, had no idea, never been on shows before. I was just a fan, and uh, you've kind of taken me under your wing, and I appreciate everything you've done for me, Aldo. Uh, I, I love talking bears. Everyone who knows me, knows i'm a huge bears fan i'm one of the only ones in kentucky it seems like uh, but uh i i don't know i love talking it and i and i feel like that's our uh weekly therapy session good or bad and it's mm-hmm. definitely it's nice to get on there and talk with the guys i mean we've become really close especially myself and kb uh, I, that's my brother we'll just reach out and text each other see what's going on uh We've been enjoying our summers, though. It has been nice. I uh, yeah. took a trip Watch down to two Florida famous and... ACs. All right. AC right. Slater from Saved by the Bell. And AC <laughs> Al Callings, the man who drove OJ Simpson during the, the, the chase 30 years ago, three days ago, June 17th, oh. 1994, 29 years ago, the chase. Well, there's, there's, I mean, white bronco you know <laughs> the first one before peyton manning but uh, uh there was an ac green that used to play for texas oh yeah i forgot about ac green before, the virgin uh, yeah the virgin yeah. right <laughs> that, uh, yeah that you ever been compared to ac slater well but uh <laughs> Aaron, you ever been uh compared to ac slater it's not just a no it's a hell no <laughs> 
I, by the way, I, I got to give props to Phil and Shane, particularly Phil. He was the one that, you know, said, I love this AC guy. And, and I, I wasn't privy to what was going on behind the scenes when they brought you first onto the show. But it was Phil really that discovered you. And then I said, wow, this guy's got some talent. He was funny as hell. And uh, that first year it took took a while to get it out of you. And now the Barfly Tailgate is now the subtitle is the Aaron Current Show. The AC show. Yeah, yeah. It took me a while to come out of my shell. Now they sometimes wish I'd shut the fuck up. Oh, <laughs> uh, we got a great show planned for you today. We're going to talk a lot of bears. We're going to talk about a few other subjects. Anything that comes to mind, I, Dan. What's been happening in your side of the world? You know, you and I have not talked or texted much with each other as we normally do. What's been going on, brother? Um, I don't know if I mentioned this on air or not, but I may have skin cancer. I, I don't want to sound melodramatic, but they did a biopsy and I'm supposed to go back tomorrow to find out the results. And I'm hoping that the results are negative. They removed something from my arm that looked like if on Friday, the 13th part three, they were like, let's see a close up of Jason's arm. It would have been my arm. I, Cause that's how nasty this fucking thing was. The cyst or whatever they cut off a skin tag. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it looks like something that would be grotesque on a, on a horrible human or not even human just a killer like jason you know uh but so hopefully i'm going to be okay and other than that i i know this sounds like i'm telling you i bought an a-track player but i bought a new ipod uh because my other one was shorting out and it just takes like fucking six months to upload the music to it but it, it's 64 gigs so it's like the greatest invention of all time so nice nice well, I've had a, a lot of biopsies done. I, I'm sure yours will go the same way mine did, you know, and that you'll be fine. But, yeah, it, it is, you know, once you start thinking about it, holy shit, what if I got cancer? Fuck. It does uh, It can't play with your mind, but I'm sure you're going to be fine, brother. Well, the thing they took off had, like, some discolor. It was, like, flesh color, but it had white on the side, so they were worried about that discoloration. Uh, yeah, so that's why they wanted to do the biopsy. You sent me a picture of it, and I do got to admit, it looked like something out of a Freddy Krueger movie, man. That's what I'm saying. It's just, God. It's just like, did, did somebody pour toxic waste on my arm? But like, please don't show it. I, that's just horror. I, the lady I work with said, at least it wasn't on your cock. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I got that going for me. When I was I keep that years, to that. <laughs> yeah, really. When, when I was 18 years old, I had a growth on my cock, like one of those tags that you get. I had it on my cock, and so I'm putting vitamin E oil. I'm doing anything possible before you know my girlfriend sees it and says, "I ain't gonna suck that." <laughs> God, <laughs> it fell off like about three. I don't know. I, I don't. I forget, but it fell off like weeks later. It's like, what the fuck on my cock? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> when I was in the fifth grade on Thanksgiving uh, Day, '91, uh, the Bears were playing Detroit that day. I, I got measles. Mm -hmm. Only I'm the only kid in the world that had measles past 1950, but uh, I got a couple of measles on my cock, even though I was, you know, 11 years old, I knew this wasn't good, but thankfully they went away. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't had any pussy yet in 11, <laughs> but I knew that I was never going to get any if those measles didn't go away. <laughs> if, uh, if, if Jay Cutler's kids get measles, they're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> good right. point. What about you, AC? You ever had any hemorrhoids or anything? <laughs> I, I can't say that I have. I've never had any, knock on wood, never had any growths or anything on the, I mean, there's not a whole lot of surface space there to uh, to have anything on, so I, I don't, can't say anything's been 
hanging off of it that I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> That's good news. Uh, by the way, uh, Tooch will be joining us a little later. He's waiting for the girls to fall asleep. And uh, so he is on the controls here in the chat room. So whenever you see a comment from the Barroom Network, it is from my man, Johnny Santucci. And uh, AC just said something about wood. So that, of course, prompts me to share the weather with you. And so today's weather oh in Chicago God. was a beautiful, breezy, 85-degree day. And it was just going to be gorgeous tomorrow and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Great weather coming up. Uh, and what do you mean, oh, my God, you're, you're excited about the weather there, Dan? I'm excited about her. Our, is that really your legitimate weather right there? Yes, that is. I, I work oh hard God. on this show, man. The weather is hot. We are I, in the middle of like 10 straight days of fucking rain. Really? Holy yeah, shit. There's no sign of sunshine for at least another seven or eight days, for real. Wow. Too bad you don't have her in, uh, to take care of you during these long, rainy days. I feel know? like Brad Pitt in the movie Seven. You know how it rains the whole movie there. <laughs> it does. That is a great movie. Wonderfully shot. And boy, oh boy, would I like to take pictures of my weather girl. Uh, I believe her name is Emily Quinones. Emily, I love you, and uh, you're welcome on the show anytime. All right, so that, we got the weather out of the way. Oh, by the way, I, I wanted to introduce a new segment to the show. Oh, let me see. Did I cue it up? God damn it. You know, um, I, I, most of you know that I suffered a stroke uh, some time ago, and so I think it would be a good idea to share with people some of the exercise routines that I've been doing in order to get back in shape and so forth. So uh, every week now, I am going to uh, share with you some of the stretching exercises, some of the uh, 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 weightlifting exercises and so forth. So here's one that I thought I would share, and it's coming up on your screen here, and Two seconds. There it is. Let's uh, work out oh my this lady. Uh, so I do these stretching exercise now all the time. And uh, it's really, really, really been beneficial uh, for me in so many different ways. And so if you guys want to do these uh, workouts yourself, just look for Hot Yoga on the YouTube channel and help this young lady out with uh, getting more viewers. I certainly have been a fan of her work now for uh, about 69 hours. So. Well, no offense. I'm glad that, I mean, I love you and all, but I'm glad we're not seeing footage of you doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you have those, uh, those old coach shorts on, the bike shorts. That are <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's get rid of that. <laughs> why, do I, why am I having all sorts of problems here? Technical difficulties. <laughs> There we go. I think we got it now. Uh, the weather will be hot with a chance of yoga, Patooch. <laughs> Tooch needs to be a comedy writer for a sitcom. He would make millions of dollars with his one-liners and his ideas. Um, all right, so I, let's talk some football here. Uh, where do we begin? I want to uh, talk first about the hard knocks. It appears 
that there are four teams that are supposed to be among the one, the ones chosen to be on HBO's Hard Knocks, a very popular behind-the-scenes show of training camp and so forth. And so I'm reading on social media a couple of days ago, well, the Bears are not going to be on Hard Knocks and so forth. And I go, well, who's the source? Oh, Mike Florio. And I go, oh, shit. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. So I, <laughs> so I pulled the interview of him on 670 to score, talking about the Bears' chances uh, or, or uh, the, the claim that the Bears are not going to be on Hard Knocks. And this is exactly what he said. The Hard Knocks show not yet picking a team that, that still hasn't been decided. The Bears were kind of breathing a sigh of relief because it was supposed to be the Jets that hasn't been announced yet. We know George McCaskey wants no part of Hard Knocks. Um, is it possible the Bears could still end up on this thing? I think it would be great to force a team that doesn't want to do hard knocks to do hard knocks. I think that would be awesome. But I, I'm i told they've moved on to other teams that aren't in that short list of four that can be forced to do it. But they also have to figure out who's going to be the in-season hard knocks team. There's no formula for that. They find a team every year. It was the Colts, then the Cardinals. The commanders are in the running to be either the preseason hard knocks or the in-season hard knocks. And I think they'll do it. The league wants to wait until this sale of the team is finalized before doing anything. But they are looking at other teams that can't be forced to do it. Look, they just like Mike Tomlin says, we want volunteers, not hostages. NFL Films wants volunteers, not hostages to do hard knocks. So I think the Bears are in the clear. Okay, guys. That's not a hard no. He is just speculating there. He doesn't yeah. have any insider information. It could still happen. The Bears could be strong-armed into doing it. They should do it, in my opinion, because it, to be fair to the rest of the NFL, if those are the rules, then one of those four teams should do it. And the commanders certainly can't because they're going through a sale, uh, although they have said that they'd be willing to do it. But th given that they're going through a sale and all those – tribulations i don't see them doing it and so that leaves three other teams i think the bears should do it what do you say ac well i would love to see our bears on there get a behind the scenes look that they didn't show us on 1920 football drive or, or whatever their show is called on youtube uh but if it's not the bears it, it, and, and we all know george mccaskey doesn't want anything to do with it i think he's said there's 31 other teams available or something, something to that effect. Uh, but <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if he knows where he's at half the time, but uh, <laughs> I would love to see the commanders because of all the turmoil behind the scenes. I know you said the sales not final, but just to see the behind the scenes, look at that shit show and who even knows if they're going to be called the commanders. Did you guys hear about their, tra their trademark? Uh, oh, someone, oh, yeah, a while ago, someone, yeah. Someone already put in for that name. So <laughs> right. they might be back to the Washington football team. <laughs> they can right. send us Chase Young and, 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 and just forget it all. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Dan? You, uh, would you want to see the Bears on Hard Knocks? Do you think the Bears should be on Hard Knocks? I do not want to see them on Hard Knocks. If you look at the thing we were talking about with uh, Chase, uh, with Claypool, with Sylvie, I mean, Mark Silverman just saying, well, we hear that he's not, uh, he's not making people happy. He's not, he's not performing, whether it's off the field, he's not meeting expectations that seemed to come out of left field. But imagine if they were on hard knocks, you're going to get all these narrative building 
takes, a lot of them hot takes, that affect people's careers. Claypool could be one of them. He's playing for a contract, and if now the narrative is, for instance, that, well, he's not a hard worker and they, they think he's a bust of a trade, then suddenly the, the fans are going to boo him come week one, you know, mm-hmm. until he succeeds. Yeah. It's just like it starts that it's hard to overcome that, whether it was Trubisky or Cutler or anyone before. Whenever the tide goes the other way, it's, it's hard to reverse that. And if you're on hard knocks, you're going to get a lot of these. Like, it, we may get more of the Justin Fields can do only one thing in running. Look at him. He's, oh, he's threw an incomplete pass there. Well, I, I don't think he's got it. Like, I don't want to have to keep defending Justin against that. You know, like, that's what's, that's our summer. If they get on there, that's what we're going to be doing. Yeah. I agree with Cliff that this is a, a really good year for the team to do it. And I think that, you know, I expected the Bears to have a, a winning record and I expect them to contend for a playoff spot. And I really do think that they can win some playoff games and go far. So if that happens and they are showcased on hard knocks, it's going to be a really attractive place for high quality free agents to come in 2024 so that we can really build a roster with stars and depth. And so I think that they strategically speaking for the betterment of the team, this could be a really good thing for them to do. I don't think they should be afraid of it. I, I don't know why they should be afraid of it. They have control over what goes on the air of what the cameras can point at. If, if they are confident with their communications team working with HBO and say, this is what we want you to show. This is what we don't want you to show and so forth. then this would be, a bona fide success for the team, for the fans, and for the NFL because we know what the Chicago Bears mean to the NFL in terms of ratings. I, I think I'm just trying to throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the whole Claypool thing, that came out from Sylvie, but then and I know this is a questionable source at best, but I think Sports Mockery put something out that was like he took excerpts from an interview that Ryan Poles did and the way he was talking about the guy working this offseason with Justin Fields, he doesn't seem upset at all with what Claypool's been doing. He's dealing with a nagging injury. I mean, that's that's going to happen, you know. It's football. Someone gets hurt every year. I mean, Justin hasn't finished a whole year yet. You know, it's 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 football, man. That's, that's what happens. But uh, I feel like I, I, I can see both sides of it and Dan – I agree with what you said, where people are just jumping on Claypool because of what we gave up to get him. Uh, but, I mean, we're all pulling for him. You know how Chicago is. When they find someone that they can root for, they get behind them full force. I mean. Mm-hmm. I but whenever it. that tide turns and there's a reason to boo the person, it's hard for that player to overcome that. You know what I'm saying? Whenever if whenever that that train set, when that train goes right. through the station, it, it's gone. It's yeah. hard to get it back. I think the Bears would have been perfect for something of this nature during the Ditka era. Of course, oh, it didn't yeah. exist yet. But right. that team, with all those personalities and that, you could call it arrogance, if not confidence, that team would have resonated with everybody. This team here, we're still just trying to learn to win and, and pull up yeah. our fucking our, – uh, our pants or our diapers or pull-ups, whatever the fuck, and get on our training wheels, and we're still trying. Like, So we don't need that shit, in my yeah. opinion. We don't need it. Let's just let's start completing short passes, Justin, and, and let's try to win. 
Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that. If they're not on the show, I'm I'm fine with that. I'd love to see my Bears as much as well, you know how we consume Bears content. You know, it's uh, it's it's a never ending story here. Uh, but uh, with these young guys, man, a lot of those hard knocks episodes. That's who you see. That's who gets broadcasted. Last last year, I think when the Lions did it, they had uh, Rodrigo, who was a huge became a huge star, ended up starting middle linebacker. Uh, and, and there's always a guy or two like that where they showcase them on the show that may not even necessarily make the team, but it's somebody that people get to know because they see them in their living rooms every week, and then all of a sudden they maybe follow that player if they don't make the team or if they're, oh, they're on the practice squad. Okay, well, this what's going on with this guy, you know? Yeah, I, I, you know, and Cliff, again, uh, with several good points here in the chat room, and in his latest one is if they say yes, they can refuse future hard knocks for years, which would be great. You know, and, and like you I said, really, if you win, too. And right, right. If you win the Super Bowl, I think there's – If you're in the playoffs, like it's supposed to be a team that didn't make the playoffs that gets covered. Right. So there you go. There's your, there's your, your way out. Get us in the playoffs every year. Come on. Mm -hmm. And Don Burr is right that Detroit was asked, according to some reports, they were asked to come back again this season, uh, but they said no. And I wonder if some of the teams are saying no, and I'd have to do the research here. I wish I would have. You know, do teams usually get off to a slow start when they are on hard knocks? Um, I don't know if there's ever been a team that would have eventually ended up on the Super Bowl after doing hard knocks. I know the Rams were on recently, but that wasn't their Super Bowl year, was it, guys? Do you guys know? I have no idea. Uh, I'm not sure. I, the, I mean, the Lions got off to a slow start last year. Um, yeah. Lost their first six, when, the, when the Bengals were on it, that's when they had uh, Marvin Lewis in, in mm -hmm. town, and he was mediocre at best. He Held that but the team man, they couldn't get rid of him. He's like Michael Myers. Marvin <laughs> Lewis was there like 24 seasons without winning a playoff game. Thank God he, was, he wasn't the Bears coach. Yeah, yeah. He was the, one of the longest tenured coaches there for a while. Without like, anything, actually, without winning one playoff game. Right, like, he right. was blackmailing somebody in the I didn't know. Game. I didn't know any Bengals fan. I live in Bengals country. I didn't know a single Bengals fan who was like, hell yeah, let's keep Marvin Lewis. Like all of them were ready to get rid of him, but the ownership was just like – no, and actually, way back in the day, um, Bill uh, – I can't remember who they ended up hiring, but they were looking at Bill Cower before he went to Pittsburgh. He was supposedly coming to Cincinnati, and they passed on him. Uh, that was back. That would have been when they hired David Shula. David <laughs> <Yeah>, Shula's <that is laughs> son. Hey, uh, Aaron, uh, uh, excuse me, Don Burr has a message for you. He says, tell AC Josh Pascal said hello. Who, who the hell is Josh Pascal? Do you know? Josh Pascal is a defensive end that played here at Kentucky. He had a uh, oh, okay. uh, cancer in his foot in one year and bounced his way back and had a really good season. The, uh, the uh, Lions, they like to they like to draft uh, some Kentucky Wildcats up there. They got Logan Stenberger. I think he's still on their offensive line. He was a big nasty guard here at Kentucky too. So uh, they definitely like going up there. Hell, I thought Will Levis was going to end up with them this year. And I was like, man, come on. I don't need another cat up there. <laughs> and the Packers do the same thing. Randall Cobb tore us up for years. He played right here at Kentucky. You know, uh, they drafted 
Carrington Valentine in the seventh round this year. So, and I just got to watch the Bears continue to pass on Kentucky guys. But I mean, hey, AC, what do you think about Will Levis? Do you think he's going to have a good pro career? I, I was honestly, once he fell out of that first round, I was like, please follow the Rams mm-hmm. because he already knows that offense. His good year was in that offense. He knows all that stuff. My computer just went dark for some reason. And, but but I was hoping he fell to the Rams, but the, the Titans ended up going up and grabbing him. And a bunch of Titans fans that are Tennessee fans, Tennessee Volunteers fans, that is, were pissed off at the pick. They wanted Hendon Hooker, who – Honestly, I think it's going to be a bust. I'm sorry, Don Burr. I know that's your third-string quarterback or whatever. But, <laughs> I mean, Will Levis, he had all the tools to succeed. If you go back and watch his junior year, the guy ran for nine touchdowns, and he wasn't just running around, guys. He would run through you like a Josh Allen. That's mm-hmm. why he got draft buzz. And then we lost our offensive coordinator. Liam Cohen went to the Rams. We brought in Rich Scangarello from the 49ers, and we had – freshman wide receivers trying to learn this new offense, which is difficult all in itself. And it just we was replacing three guys on the O line. So that's I believe that's why Levis had a bad year. Is he just didn't have anything around him. Um now, I, who I, knows what'll I, happen in Tennessee. I mean he's got a hell of a running back, but I don't really know what else they've got down there, honestly. I, like I said, I was hoping he fell to the Rams. Yeah, I got to tell Dan this because I know Dan doesn't watch much college football, but Will Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky who who is now with Tennessee that AC is just talking about, that guy in many respects reminds me of Jim McMahon in in terms of his cockiness. Oh, you yeah. know, in, ter- in terms of athleticism, it's totally different. Levis is much more athletic. Jim McMahon was a better passer of the football, in my opinion. You know, McMahon had that great – a sight he can he can he can see the entire field as well and as that's any one eye. yeah exactly yeah. with one eye yeah. yeah but levis has that cockiness you know like he would say things like yeah i'm gonna throw at the combine i want to show my cannon of an arm yeah i mean like and he was like that here and apparently that's what hurt him in the pre-draft process was they were they even texted uh matt jones who does kentucky sports radio here in lexington uh some guys that he knew in the NFL because he does the ESPN show on Sundays were like, hey, tell your boy he needs to calm down in these interviews because I guess he was going into interviews like, yeah, I'm going to take you out of the Super Bowl. Ain't nobody going to stop me and this and that. And but just like he did in the interview, they said, you're throwing at the combine? He said, yeah, I got a cannon. Why wouldn't I show it off? I mean, that's just the guy. That's yeah, just there the are a couple of guys that is. have done that before. Josh Rosen and yeah. – uh, Johnny Manziel that were like cocky saying they were going to be winners and they're going to be, people are going to regret not drafting me. And then like, where the fuck are they now? So, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Rosen was a guy that I was wrong about Uh, Manziel. Everybody thought he would succeed. But when I saw he went to Cleveland, I was was like, I didn't watch Tim couch go up there and get killed. And then they just blamed him for everything. So I, I already know Cleveland won't surround you with shit. They just expect you to, do it and if you don't then you suck uh yeah. but well, let's talk a little bit of and me up there say that? yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk a little bit about our quarterback here's um justin's last press conference on the last day of otas i what i did is a mashup of his entire press conference it was a 10 minute press conference i whittled it down to uh, three minutes and 40 seconds. So I'm going to play highlights of it. The topics of which 
that Justin is talking about are going to be on the screen. So I apologize to those who are uh, are listening on audio podcast. You have to listen closely to get the, the gist of what JF1 is talking about. Here it is, Justin Fields' last press conference last week. I feel like we finished off, uh, you know, minicamp strong today, for sure. Um, just to get that chemistry down, you know, especially with DJ, you know, his first year here, you know, just taking shots, taking chances, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, complete or incomplete, you know, now, of course. So just trying to get on the same page, talk, communicate with them. And, um, you know, hopefully we're seeing the same thing when it comes to, you know, um, where the leverage of the corner is and just different, you know, details and stuff like that. I, I didn't really expect anything because it's different for each each guy, but I feel like with DJ, it's, you know, his body language is pretty easy to read. Um, and really early on, we communicated on, you know, how we want, you know, each route train and stuff like that. And of course, you know, he's a lot of experience. He's been in the league for, you know, a good a good period of time now. So, you know, he's he's played a lot of football, so he knows, you know, um different coverages really well. Um that's one thing that I was kinda impressed about, like with the offense coming in and just, you know, understanding, seeing coverages really well on uh, choice routes and stuff like that. So, um, you know, he's been great and, you know, the, the chemistry has definitely picked up. I mean, yeah, it's different from my rookie year, um, because it was a completely different footwork than now. Um, so this footwork that you know, we have now the first year of me using it was last year. So, I mean, if you yeah, if you're comparing it from now to last year, it's I would say it's a big difference. Last year, of course, was my first year doing it, so I was just trying to get the hang of it. And of course, I you know grow throughout the year. But you know, this year, um, you know, I've I've gotten a lot more comfortable with it, and um, you know, it just times up for the routes better. Um, and you know, just just like I've been saying since last year, all her uh, whole offense is you know using my feet. It's it's tied with our feet. So. Um, you know, just just trying to use that feed as like a clock in our head just to move from, you know, each route in the progression. And yeah, Chase has been out, what, the past two weeks? So I feel like when Chase was practicing with us, I felt like we did get that down a little bit. I think he uh, grew tremendously from, you know, last year until now. So um, I think we got a base in. And, I mean, with Mooney, um, I feel like I'm already, you know, connected with Mooney. So that's fine. But, you know, it's just going to have those guys great back on the field. And I think the biggest thing now is, you know, having them healthy for training camp, you know, instead of having them come out for three or four practices, risking, you know, further injury. So the biggest thing with that was 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 just health. So everybody's buying in, like, even more than last year. So, I mean, it's, it's great to see. And, of course, uh, for me, um, you know, I, I've definitely um, grown as a leader. Um, I think even with, you know, all the new guys coming in, and, you know, they've, they've made it easy. You know, they bought into, you know, our culture here and um, just competing uh, day in and day out and really just having that championship mindset. Um, you know, we're all working towards the same goal, all working towards getting better. And um, I think, you know, we just got to take it a day at a time. So, I mean, everybody's been great up to this point And, you know, we just look to take that next step. So I'm going to take, what, probably this first week and a half, first really week off. And then, I mean, I'm full go really until – until camp, so um, probably mid-July, I'm going to get the receivers, tight ends, running backs down to Florida, um, throw with them for a few days, and uh, just, just right before we come back, and really just, you know, just to get back on the same page, throwing routes with them, and um, just getting that chemistry up, you know, on the field, off the field, and stuff like that, and I think that's one part, you know, as a team that we've grown is, you know, our chemistry off the field, too, but um, I mean, yeah, I'm excited. I'm about to sneeze. Sorry, hold on. It's like coming and going, but um, yeah, I'm excited for that. So, uh, I think you know this period in time, I've, I've been lifting a pretty good bit. So, you know, as we get closer to training camp, definitely probably start running more, and you know, just getting um, more into running shape. I would say. 
Dan Aguirre, what's the number one thing that stood out from those highlights from his last press conference? And just my opinion? Yes. Or the prevailing thought that most people would say? Oh, your opinion, brother. The thing that stood out to me, and I love Justin, but the, the immediately when he gave he gave one cliche answer that just made me like cringe, is like, God, that's something Trubisky would have said, was when he was like, oh, everybody's buying in. I mean, we could we this could be the 2008 Detroit Lions that went 0 and 16 in the preseason. They're like, oh, we're buying into Coach Rod Marinelli. We're we're all bought in. I mean, they, they everyone says that every year. Like last year when the Bears are three and 14. Oh, you know, we're all buying into Coach Eberflus. Like, I mean, what team? No team's ever going to be. I tell you, nobody's fucking buying in. <laughs> this isn't going to work. The only time I can ever think of that was in maybe 2014 with that shit with the offensive coordinator like undercutting jay behind the team and then crying and all that shit that's like the only time where they were like okay nobody's buying in but that's such a cliche answer but the thing i guess i did like from it was the fact he's you know working with everybody in their own time he said we're gonna get together in florida of course we've heard that before in past seasons with other players too but still i mean they're putting the effort in he's putting the effort i like him i believe in him i hope he wins i, I care about the guy AC, what stood out to you? I mean, I wanted to speak on the chemistry that him and DJ Moore already seem to be putting together, and then we all know that he's got chemistry with Mooney. So just more chemistry with your offense and them knowing what's going on. And remember, this guy, DJ Moore, I mean, uh, he's played with the corpse of Cam Newton uh, and Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. This Don't forget be our best. backup quarterback was balling with them last year. Right, right. And actually, there was a – I can remember one play because I watched the red zone a lot when the Bears were struggling last year, so I just watched the red zone. Uh, and there was one play that sticks out in my mind where he caught what should have been a game winner against Atlanta, but he took his helmet off, and then it went haywire after that. But it was a 60-yard bomb from our backup quarterback. So – yeah, building that chemistry, and he talked about his footwork in there, which is great. You know, that's been something that we Bears quarterbacks have struggled with my entire life. You know, even Trubisky, they felt like he had it all. His just his footwork was never there, and then who knows what he would have been if – who knows? I have no idea. I don't want to say Trubisky was going to be great because I wanted Deshaun Watson in that draft, but uh, – I mean, who knows where he could have been if he wasn't stunted right out of the gate. You know what I mean? Uh, so that, that that's all good things to hear. AC, you're, you're, man, I, I love your response there, especially about the footwork. You know, Mitch Trubisky kept pointing that left foot. That left foot has mm-hmm. to be pointing at your target. And he pointed it to the left of the target, which led to so many inaccurate passes. And you're absolutely right, too. All of these Bears quarterbacks that have failed have been because of terrible football, footwork. Cade McDonald is a perfect example. That guy's footwork, I mean, that guy had two left feet. He was awful. He was a left-handed quarterback, too. He was awful with his footwork, and so that was one of the things I took away from that uh, those highlights from his press conference. And 
to to Dan's point about players buying in, he did say they're buying in even more than last year. And I think that this that's important that he added that little clause there because you know everybody bought in last year. I think you know everybody was uh, many of the players were under one year contracts, and so they were seemingly buying in. But the, you know they didn't have the talent. Now mm. the talent has improved. Now that talent looks at JF1 and say, "Wow, this guy could be one of the superstars in this league." And yeah. so that's why that's important that we're getting those guys to buy in, not only to JF1 but the coaching staff. I was yeah. just saying that every team says that. Yeah, I you're mean, right. You're right. It's, it's a cliche. The 08 Lions or whatever year the Cleveland didn't win a game. The teams that have gone winless, I'm sure they were they were buying in, you know, mm-hmm. before the season started. So, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's, it is a cliche. There's no doubt. <clears throat> that was something we talked to Andrew Billings about before the season about you know Justin and what he's perceived like around the league, you know, because he was in Vegas and Cleveland. Actually, after the Cleveland game, a little behind the scenes ballroom, me and KB were riding with Andrew. He was giving us a ride back to our vehicles. Uh, through Cleveland, and we he was just shooting the shit, you know, and he was like, so what do you guys think of Justin? We're like, oh, man, we love Justin, man. He, I loved him in the draft. He was my second favorite quarterback in the draft. I was shocked that he fell to us, this and that. And uh, at that time, he was still, you know, that was his first start. So um, he didn't – he was just, you know, gauging our reaction on what we felt about him, and we definitely brought that up to him, you know, like, hey, is Justin a guy that – is talked about around the league as like, that's a dude I'd like to go play for or play with, you know? And he said, he, he's definitely one of those dudes. So uh, that helps, you know, <laughs> trying to get players in here to improve the team. As long as we keep Justin and thank God we drafted offensive line and, and, and invested in that. So hopefully we can keep him upright and he doesn't have to run for a, a mile and a half every game. Uh and, and I'll take Gumbers with that respectfully, though, because I don't think they put enough into the offensive line. They they drafted the kid first with the, what the tenth pick uh, out of what Tennessee. Uh, again, he grew up here in West Virginia, and that's great. But it, no more offensive line picks the rest of the way through. Like I would have wanted a couple more, in my opinion. I still think that that's the biggest question mark. I mean, other than pass rush, when I look at the team going into the season, can they block for him? I mean. If Cody Whitehair suddenly the center again, I mean, like, God damn, man. Like, are we going to see the same old shit from Cody? Like, we always do high snaps and just getting beat and pushed back. And I, I, I'm I worried think, about uh, Whitehair. I love that we drafted Darnell Wright. Um, he didn't give up a single sack last year. And a lot of people wanted, you know, uh, Jalen Carter was right there for us to take. We traded out of it. I watched Jalen Carter live in Lexington do nothing against. I just told y'all all the all the issues we had at Kentucky. Jalen Carter has zero sacks in that game. <laughs> We're replacing three offensive line, and he can't get to the quarterback one time. So I was happy with that pick. And then we brought in the guy from Tennessee who knows this offense. They run that same type of offense. We still got Braxton Jones on the other side learning and getting better. Uh I mean, Tevin Jenkins is a big question mark. And as you said, Cody Whitehair, if he's having issues, but I just, I don't think that Eberflus is the kind of guy who's just going to say, yeah, stick out there, Cody, and work, work through it. I think if he doesn't work out, they'll pull his ass out. They already brought in Lucas Patrick. 
So that was their big free agent signing last year. I mean, if it doesn't work, they're just going to say, sorry, buddy, you lost your job. They're not scared to say that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And I agree with Squeegee here, you know, that Fields' mechanics need to improve. It's not only just his mechanics, though. It's, it's just the processing, which is the toughest thing for all NFL, young NFL quarterbacks coming into the league. The league is, the, the, it's it's so much faster. And when I look at, you know, these uh tapes that analyze Fields' performance, it's the one thing that the Brett Coleman's and these guys that I trust a lot, the Kurt Warner's and so forth, they keep saying over and over again, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. It's open. The windows are shorter in the NFL, so don't expect to see what you saw at Ohio State where it's that wide open. So that's the key thing. And so that's a good segue to this next segment that I have here. Dave Wanstead, our man, Dan Aguirre, our man. By the way, do you remember when Justin said in his first preseason game that the game wasn't too fast for him? <laughs> you yeah. regret saying that. There's yeah. no oh my God. I just saw a great picture of Aubrey Plaza that I'm texting you. Oh, yeah. Send that to me and I'll, I'll share it. Did you take a bad you. one? Or... <laughs> <laughs> this is at Dodger Stadium. She's showing some fucking legs, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, She's let's uh, see what you got here. Oh, my goodness. You know, I think she's uh, part Puerto Rican. She is amazing is what she is. Yeah, that's Aubrey Plaza. She is a comedic genius in my yeah. in my mind. She's got great timing on her jokes. She's got that yeah. dry sense of humor. She's she's phenomenal. I'd love to. Hey, Aubrey, her, if you're listening. Her in, uh, Parks and Rec with, with uh, Ron Swanson. That's, I know she's been in a lot of roles, and she's really blown up since then. But her in Parks and Rec, I love her character in that mm-hmm. show and how she plays off Ron Swanson's character. It's just her and Robert De Niro. It's like, Oh yeah. That's hilarious too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they say some dirty ass shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. She needs, uh, I don't know what kind of an award. Cause the Oscars are definitely not going to give her an award, but she needs some kind of award for that performance. Well, De Niro ain't scared, man. He's about to have another baby. Oh, shit, Pacino. Pacino. Yeah. Pacino. Pacino yeah. yes. Joe Pesci's in the corner. Like, damn. I need to <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pesci's like, order me more Viagra. <laughs> okay. This is Wani talking about the bears need to improve in 2023. And Justin needs to improve. I think this needs to be a reasonable improvement year for Justin Fields. You know, I mean, he, he doesn't need to go out and be, Aaron Rodgers, okay, when he was in Green Bay. I mean, he needs and to improve 100%, but I think it needs to be reasonable. Yes, Justin Fields needs to perform. I think it's the Philadelphia Eagles blueprint. You know, I mean, let's let's all, if, if we're all honest with ourselves, me included, uh, before last season, I wasn't sure if Jalen Hurts could be the guy. And right. the Eagles, I don't think the Eagles thought that either, Colin, and they're sitting there with two number one picks, and they're saying to themselves, I promise you, if he's not the guy, we're going up to the first pick and get a quarterback. The Bears, I, I don't think it'll happen. No one's talking about it, but they have the draft picks to do something if it doesn't work out. Um, so I apologize that I had to show the image of Colin Coward there. I was trying as much as possible to cut him out because I know how Chicago Bears fans in particular hate Colin Coward. Well, he knows but, how to rile him up. He knows what's going to get him views. All you exactly. got to do is say the name. 
he's figured out that formula to irritate fans to the point where he gets all the clicks, he gets all the attention and stuff. But I thought that was an interesting thing. What do you guys think? I'll start with you, Dan Aguirre. What do you think about what Wani said regarding Justin Fields must improve this year? Because if not, the Bears have two first-round draft picks next season, and they could be selecting a quarterback. I think it was a valid comparison, the dichotomy between he and, and and Hertz in Philadelphia and just saying, you know, the Eagles could have traded up and taken another quarterback, but they decided, oh, well, you know, he did take us to Super Bowl 57. He's our guy. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Justin could imitate that and be our guy and take us to Super Bowl 58. But but when? That would be great. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with this point wholeheartedly. For some reason, if he's really bad, if he just, like, is, you know, because you, you mentioned Cade McDowell earlier. He did okay in 99, and the sky was a limit, it looked like, going into 2000. And before that season was over, the Bears thought, okay, we've got to move on from this guy, even though it's his first year as a full starter. So if he falls on his face to that extent, to where players don't even want him in the game, which is what happened to McNown, and I don't foresee this happening, then you could go help and draft another quarterback. So I, I think his point is very valid, and I just I hope that the Bears start winning some games so that Fields can get that off of his back, where that's not the topic all the time. Like either, hey, why why can't you can't do anything but run, or oh, uh, the Bears need to move on from you. It's like, man, come on. It's just things like that's the endless. That's why I don't want them on hard knocks because we're going to get that twenty four seven if he's if they're on there. Hmm. What do you think, AC? Yeah, I can agree with that, and I agree with Wani completely. That that's that's got to be the blueprint. You know, they they. Just like he said, Jalen Hurts, they were calling for his head. They wanted him out of Philly. Um, Kentucky's a different hub because of where we don't have an NFL team. There are quite a few Bengals fans, especially now that they're winning ball games. but uh, there is an Eagles fan at work. I talked to him often. I told him before the season last year, I was like, I really like your squad. I like what they've put together. But to Dan's point earlier, what did the Eagles do? They invested in the trenches. They went – they invested heavily in the draft and their offensive line and their defensive line. They've got, you know, we can't, we don't know who's rushing the passer for us this year. They've got three or four guys that they rotate in and out. I know that's Iberflus's plan eventually, but I definitely think that's the blueprint. Uh, but we're going to have to see it quick because that rookie contract's coming to an end and, and they're going to have to make a decision. That's, that's what sucks about today's nfl you can't just like nobody does it like the packers do now you know what i mean where they just let aaron Rodgers sit and then play they've let, done the same thing with uh jordan love who called the bears his dad this father's day that was a weird video but uh oh my god i tried to watch that but the, the, the guy that posted it took it off for some reason I, I, have you guys actually seen it i no. saw it I saw it on uh, my my Instagram. Um, okay. Uh, I I don't know how to send stuff on there though. But basically, I tried to he watch was it like, on Twitter as well and couldn't get it to play. Yeah, I guess the guy who took the video when when uh, I guess they said you know Jordan Love obviously misspoke, but he was a Bears fan, uh, and the guys was the guy was supposed to say um, Happy Father's Day to the Bears fans in France or something like that. And he didn't say in France. Just the way it came out, it sounded like he was calling the Bears his daddy. Honestly, 
Okay. And Mr. Shorty says that uh, Swiss Sports Network has it, uh, and he did a short on it. So that's where I will find it. Swifty is on top of things. I don't know. I think Swifty has a job, too, and he's doing all of this great work on the Swift Sports Network. Kudos to you, Swift, man. Uh, are you are you fucking are, are you uh, <laughs> tell me you're fucking man you got time for that because <laughs> you are one busy dude man kudos to you brother um all right so here's what we're gonna do now i've got a couple more clips from wanting that i want to share with you but i also want to share with you a very special individual a guy that we have known from his pornographic movie work uh, all of these great movies starring the Tooch and uh, do you remember any of those titles, Dan Aguirre, that of Tooch movies? I, I, I'm forgetting right now. Wasn't there like uh, Forrest Gump <laughs> blows it or something? I think he was in one called Shut Your Fucking Mouth or I'm Gonna Put My Dick in It. <laughs> That's my favorite one. <laughs> That's my favorite one. <laughs> absolutely that is my favorite which is funny because that's what i tell my wife all the time oh <laughs> let's stop with that aldo all right here we go we're gonna go to the bear state of affairs <laughs> Got on mute. Yeah, <laughs> just got done with hot and saucy pizza girls. Yeah, my favorite one I was in. Uh, all right, Bear State of Affairs. Well, so I'd like to say hi to Aaron Current, my one of my favorite people in the whole world. Bear so, State of <laughs> Bear State of Affairs off season week twenty three. Can you believe it? Week twenty three. What's happening, Barflies? Well, this week we are going to have to start off Bear State of Affairs with one of Tooch's dick pics. Yep, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, this guy. Possibly one of the dumbest tweets of all time. Jordan Love, he became a dick pretty quick by wishing Bears fans a happy Father's Day. What? Does this mean that Bears fans are his daddy? Yeah, shouldn't the tweet have been something like, Dear Bears fans, just wanted to tell you that Aaron says thank you for the Father's Day wishes. And also, I'm ready to assume the role of being your daddy. Or even something as simple as, Dear Bears fans, thanks for all the Father's Day wishes. Shit. I'll tell you this. Love's display of stupidity should give the Bears plenty of confidence going up against a quarterback this dumb. Not only that, but the Bears have plenty of bulletin board material. For week one and possibly through the entire season all the way up to week 18 if they want it. That's how dumb the tweet was. Nonsensical. And it provides the Bears with plenty of motivation come game day. And Jordan, if you're watching and want me to write your tweets for you, you can't afford me. <laughs> In other news, Pro Football Talks Mike Florio said today that the Bears are unlikely to be featured on Hard Knocks, just as the barkeeper said. Even though the Bears are one of four teams that can actually be forced into doing the HBO show, the criteria for hard knocks is simple. One, you have to miss the playoffs for the past two seasons. Check. You have to have a first-year head coach. You can't have a first-year head coach. Check. And three, you can't have hosted hard knocks in the past decade, unless you're the Lions. There are only four teams that meet all of these qualifications. 
the Bears, the Saints, the Jets, and the Commanders, or not the Commanders. But it shouldn't sound like Chicago. It doesn't sound like Chicago will be forced into doing it. According to Florio, the NFL has moved on from teams that are among the four teams who meet the aforementioned criteria as well. Bears chairman George McCaskey has previously stated that he doesn't want his team featured on Hard Knocks. Additionally, it's believed that both the NFL and HBO want a team who's willing to do the show, not one who'd be forced into compliance. (laughs) Wouldn't that be a great setup for a season, though? NFL holds team captive, forces them to do exploitive series. (laughs) I gotta admit, part of me wants, wants to see a team forced to do the show. And the other part of me really wants to see the Bears do hard knocks. This could be a win-win for Bears fans. Uh, And moving around the league, let's take a look at some former Bears making news. Yeah, today the Pittsburgh Steelers signed former Bears linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski. The former 2016 fourth-round pick of the Bears out of West Virginia played four seasons with Chicago, two with the Las Vegas Raiders and spent last season with the Falcons. Kwiatkowski is actually a Pittsburgh native who grew up a Steelers fan. Back in 2019 for the Bears, it was arguably his best NFL season. Kwiatkowski recorded 76 tackles, a career-high three sacks, eight tackles for a loss, four passes defensed, and an interception. Also, the Steelers released former Bears wide receiver Anthony Miller. His two-year stint with the Steelers came to an end today. And though he had just signed a one-year extension with Pittsburgh in January after missing all of last season due to an injury, Miller appeared in just one game for the Steelers, catching one pass for two yards. Miller was a second-round pick of the Bears back in 2018 out of Memphis. He caught seven touchdowns in his rookie season and recorded a career-high 656 receiving yards in 2019. Prior to the 2021 season, Miller was traded to the Texans but released after just two games. Yeah, and in other news and rumors, could the dream be coming back to the Bears? Yes, today, speculation concerning former Bears defensive lineman Akeem Hicks popped up. Might the Bears be interested in signing the 12-year veteran in hopes of building and strengthening that great locker room culture? Not only could Akeem Hicks come in and be the heartbeat of the defense like he once was in Chicago, but he would immediately be endeared to Bears fans given his prior history with the organization. Plus, he would be a great mentor for all those younger Bears players. Hicks was adamant about how much he loved playing for the Bears during his Chicago days. So it's quite possible he'd have interest if the Bears came calling. If the Bears want to reclaim the culture that Akeem Hicks established while he was playing in Chicago, they could sign him and make this dream reunion come true. Currently, the Bears have some new veteran players on the roster like Demarcus Walker, who have helped build a new culture. When Walker was asked about the struggles of 2022, the defensive end said, this is the 2023 Bears. we got a whole new identity, whole new offense, whole new defense, whole new group of guys. Honestly, fuck that shit. And that is Bears State of Affairs. <laughs> well done, brother. <laughs> well done. Very nicely done. Where, where's Dan? I don't know how I come up with all this stuff every week, although I just you know, pull it out of my ass. <laughs> you know what, what uh, uh, Tooch? I was saying the very same thing. I was saying this. I don't know how the fuck this guy comes up with this shit. <laughs> you know? We took half his material from him before he hopped on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. You, guys, you guys didn't hit the Jordan Love thing, though. I was able to get that in there. <laughs> my, my shot. What a dumb tweet. <laughs> I don't hey. understand the tweet. Like, 
How is it a put down to say Happy Father's Day though? I, I don't I don't right. get it. That's the whole thing. He meant he, I think he wanted to say he was our daddy, but he he had it backwards or something. I don't yeah, know. I think that's He's what probably... it was. Something like that. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let me figure out how to get Dan in the picture here. Where are you, Dan? I'm here. You are. Yeah. Oh. Jair Alexander has already said that he's uh, a great quarterback. So we'll see how the uh, Packers do. Good job, Tooch. Is the uh, reviews that you are getting, and um, yeah. I, I want. By the way, Tooch, I don't know how you're going to do this. I, I, how are you going to do Bear State of the Affairs over the next three, four, five weeks when there's just no nothing going on? Uh, you gonna, <laughs> that's going to be the real. There's always something going on. I was, I was talking. About, I was on. Uh, I was on Bears Country podcast Thursday. I was saying how there's like, it, 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 there's always something. You know, I heard oh, that you were on. Yeah. yeah. How, how did that go? Something. That was a blast, man. I had a had a blast. Uh, I brought some uh, brought some insects with me, like Bears Country, the Bears Country Project. <laughs> you know, I have to have flies or moths flying around. I got to make fun of uh, uh, Cliff Victoria's food choice. He had a he had toast for a burger. Come on. <laughs> I'm like toast is what you use when you don't have a bun, Cliff. <laughs> 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 I love you, what? Cliff. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, let me get back to the Wani interview. At, at one point, Colin Coward said that Justin Fields has everything that he needs now to succeed. If he doesn't win 10 games, then it's going to be very disappointing. And so this is uh, Wani's response to that. When I was up there, DJ Moore made three catches that Bear receivers haven't made in three years. And the guy that was smiling the most, it wasn't the head coach, it wasn't the general manager, it was Justin Fields. You know, so they have really connected uh, from the standpoint of a confidence between quarterback and receiver. You mentioned Robert Tunyon. I think he might be this. You talk about a steal in free agency. They had, they, sure, if Claypool comes on, fantastic. If he doesn't, when, when I saw Robert Tunyon, they've, flexed him out like they used to do with Tony Gonzalez back in the day. And he can beat safeties one-on-one. I mean, he is that type of athletic tight end or you bring him in tight. So he, that's a heck of a signing for the bears. It truly is. So I I think they feel real good about their passing game and uh, you know, and they're going to be committed to running the ball. The whole key. And I was up for, and Luke Getze, you know, the offensive coordinator, he worked for me at Pitt. I got a great rapport with him. And, and he said, you know, we got to take the next step. We're going to take the next step. We got to be balanced. We got to be balanced in this. And so there, it's uh, it's exciting, but I do agree. They do have the weapons. They do have the weapons. Uh, anybody disagree there? Uh, Mr. Aaron Current, do you disagree that, you know, uh, Bears don't have enough weapons for Justin Fields to succeed in 2023. I think they do. Uh, and the guy, I, I mean, I completely forgot about Big Bob Tunyon. You know, fun fact about Bob Tunyon: his first NFL catch was a like a 50 yard touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, and, and and Komet came on last year. He stopped fighting with the ball and was actually catching some balls. And he's a he's a guy that'll turn around and run through you, which is a guy that I want on my team every day of the week. Uh, as we spoke earlier, the chemistry with DJ Moore is there. The chemistry with uh, Mooney is there. We'll have to see how some of these younger guys come on and 
Chase Claypool, who knows one way or the other. Uh, I like the stable of running backs we have. I know we lost David Montgomery, but and I know you talked about Colin Cowherd earlier. I listen to his show because he comes right on right after KSR, so usually I'll catch some of it uh, while I'm at work when I'm not supposed to be listening, but I do listen. Um, <laughs> he said eight of the last ten Super Bowl champions did not have a thousand-yard rusher or something like that, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. So, or, or maybe it was top ten rushing offense. I don't know, something to that effect. So the running game and and that's why we see guys like Dalvin Cook sitting on waiting on a team. You see Zeke waiting on a team. You see Kareem Hunt waiting on a team because they don't play they don't pay these running backs anymore unless they have a guy at quarterback like a Daniel Jones. So if Justin Fields is the guy, I, this is the this is the year where we got to we got to see it. We got to see wins. I mean, uh I, I hate to rush the process, uh, but uh, it's the NFL, man. This is his third year. This is the first time we've had two first round picks to make maybe make a move if we if he's not the guy. Um, I love Justin. As I said, he's my second favorite quarterback in that draft. And it seems like that's showing uh in, in, so in these young NFL careers. But yeah, I do believe we have the tools. I do worry about our defense. And after Dan talked earlier, I'm starting to worry about our O-line a little bit. And I mean, we got pieces there, but we're just kind of hoping for upside, you know. Who was your favorite guys. quarterback in that draft? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Oh. Yeah. He's kind of he's kind of good. <laughs> yeah, he is. What, what do you think, Dan? Do you think that the Bears uh, have given Justin Fields enough weapons so that we can make a decision at the end of the season, this is our quarterback or this is not our quarterback, no excuses. I on on the face of it, it would see it would seem like yes. But I worry, like it seems like whenever the Bears have a couple of good players, they're like, Well, you know what? Let's sit somebody out that could be active and doing something. Just we we want to get St. Brown in there just to block. You know, we want to get Dante Pettis in there just because it's like they'll always it's like, well, you could have had Tongan and Komet at the same time. But you know what? Let's make one of them inactive. I feel like they, the, the Bears always it's like they don't know how to utilize their talent when they get a bunch of good players together. You know, like for years, I was like, man, why not use Thomas Jones and Anthony Thomas that, you know, yeah. in the back uh, in the backfield at the same time? Yeah. You know, why why not do you know, it's like they they never know how to utilize. It's like th- they put one of those toys in the closet and play with one exclusively, whether that's Cedric Benson or Thomas Jones. Of course, they tried to implement both of them. But my point is I worry about if they have Claypool and Mooney and DJ Moore, who's going to be inactive? It's probably going to be somebody that pisses me off because I'm going to see Dante Pettis out there. And then they're going to throw, oh, Pettis had a bad drop. St. Brown had a bad drop. And it's like, well, why is Claypool inactive? You know, that's what I worry about, something like that. But on paper, yes, it would seem that they're running backs. They should be three deep at running back, two deep tight end if if no one's hurt, and three quality wide receivers in spite of what the rumor is or the innuendo now on Claypool. Actually, can I ask you a question? Sure. Mark Silverman's a guy that was a Bears beat writer for years and, of course, has done great radio for two decades in Chicago. He's overcome cancer, so – I'm not taking any shots at his credibility or anything. But as a 
as a person like Silverman, does he have the responsibility? If he's going to make a blanket statement about Chase Claypool and people aren't happy, can he do all that on deep background like that and just fucking paint this kid as a failure? And again, that starts the, that narrative where everyone's like, oh, yeah, it was a bust. I just, I feel like it kind of pissed me off when I saw it. I'm like, how can he just say this and without any proof or any name dropping or, I mean, you can do it, but is it irresponsible? It almost comes across as malicious to a certain extent. Like, why are you targeting Claypool? So let me answer that. Uh, Cause I, let's be clear here. Now I have not listened to the clip and I apologize to you, Dan and all of our listeners. I was supposed to pull the clip and I forgot to, but from what I read from, uh, I think it's name, his name is Rob Schwartz in a fan-sided article. The quote was, is that somebody told him that there are rumors inside Hallis Hall that they are concerned that Chase Claypool is not self-motivated. And that's the key thing here. He is reporting on rumors. So we have to take that statement on its face value. He's not saying that's a fact. You know, I've reported rumors here uh, myself. And Dan, maybe you have uh, too. We, we all hear rumors. And in order to, you know, get conversations going, get a lively debate going, we discuss those rumors. And so Sylvie, in my mind, was just reporting on a rumor that he heard. I don't I don't think he was being malicious at all. I think he was just simply doing his job as a radio personality, trying to fill two, three, four hours, however long his show is on the air, and and have a, a, a good discussion. Maybe those rumors are true. Maybe there are. Maybe there's just two or three people who are questioning. Yeah. Fuck, man, what the hell's going on with Chase? And and so that then is to me okay for him to share that. Now, but again, the, the, the key thing here is that he said they were rumors, hmm. not fact. That Greg Gabriel shot that down, didn't he, though? Yeah, uh, Greg, oh my gosh. Greg, you know, hates the Chicago media. And Greg comes from Buffalo, where the media is not as... Uh, what's the word as robust. They don't have as many media people covering the bills as, as in Chicago. And he just feels that the Chicago media is out to get the Chicago bears. And, 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 and that to a certain extent is true. There's been a lot of failure over the last 20 some years with the yeah. Chicago bears. And so there isn't a high level of confidence in the George McCaskey era of the Chicago bears. And so I don't blame you know, Dan Wiederer for his negative comments and, and some of the other reporters for the negative comments, because the proof, you know, that it, it, that they deserve those negative comments is in the one loss record. I mean, mm -hmm. Dan Aguirre himself, who has been critical of Dan Wiederer, Dan Aguirre himself has been very, very critical of the Chicago Bears as a fan. As a fan, and I understand the difference between Dan Wiederer complaining about the Chicago Bears as a sports journalist and Dan Aguirre complaining about the Chicago Bears as a fan. I understand the difference, but it, 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 there's still a a a a a, a, a uh, you know a, a bond there. You know, we just have not seen this organization do well, and so they deserve our skepticism. Yeah, didn't didn't the Bears do? I mean, if this is, I mean, this is again, like, this is speculation, of course. 
<laughs> Did the Bears do the same thing kind of with Tevin Jenkins last season? Yes. Now, Tevin doesn't really work that hard, you know, the mm. same thing. Lighting a fire under Tevin's ass. Like they'll do the same thing under uh, Chase Claypool's ass. You know, cause maybe, I mean, it might be a little bit of truth there, a little smoke where there's fire where there's smoke. <laughs> and what did we I'm finally just... hear from Tevin when he was like, man, it was so – yeah." such a weight on him thinking every day was his last practice and he was going to get caught and he didn't know where he was going to live. And just that immense amount of anxiety that they gratuitously put on this guy in my estimation. Like, I mean, the guy's tried to, he's going to play his third different position. And I guess technically his fourth then, right? He's played at both, probably both tackles at one point. Now both guards, he, he's done everything but center. Yeah. It's like, God damn, man. At some point, you just have to put your arm around him and say, you're our guy. Instead now, Greg, of, Greg, ha, Greg Gabriel has said that he thinks, and he, he uh, and I believe Greg when he says this, he hasn't heard this directly from anyone at Hallis Hall, but that he is speculating that some of those stories about Tevin Jenkins were planted by the Chicago Bears organization in order to motivate. Yeah. That's what uh, I'm saying. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly what you were saying. And that's a tactic that we've seen other teams do, right, uh, Tooch? They're giving them the private pile treatments. You know, <laughs> private pile, you, you are born again hard. Maybe we can bring the weekend in to hit him with a brush. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that shortly. That's a great scene. But we're going to talk about that shortly. All right. I got one more clip from Wani uh, talking with Colin Coward. By the way, I listened to uh, AC. I listened to Colin too. When I, I don't listen to him on the radio, but when that time period when he's on television and I'm, and I'm searching for sports talk and I see that he's on, I will definitely – listen to him because he's a very talented sports broadcaster. Yeah. I mean, he's got the great voice. He's, he, he knows how to rattle people and so forth. I don't agree with what he says, but I know that's what he's trying to do. He's, he's yeah. I mean, and he does it to everybody. I I've listened to Colin Coward come on and say, you can tell the NBA story. Uh, uh, what did he say last week? He said, to tell the NBA story, you have to have Duke because of, uh, Shashevsky and and Kyrie Irving, you have to have Kansas. You have to have, I don't know. I think he said you. He spoke of a bunch of teams. We said you don't have to have Kentucky to tell the NBA story. And I was like, dude, for real. Like Pat Riley came here to Kentucky. He's one of the most successful coaches, GMs, and everything else in the NBA history. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can't tell the NBA story without Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Davis with the Lakers, uh, Jamal Murray this year won a championship with the Nuggets, you know, and on the other side you had Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero both playing for the Heat. So either way, there was a Kentucky guy getting a championship this year. But, but yeah, he, he it, so this is what he does. He He's yeah. going to come on. He's going to jab you a little bit because he knows that's going to get clicks, that's going to get likes, that's going to get shares. Look at this idiot. You know what I mean? And 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 I feel like Chicago media does that quite a bit as well. Uh, oh, I, I, I remember when I used to do 100 Proof with Phil and Shane. I would fucking say shit just to antagonize them. And yeah. Phil would get pissed off at me during the show, and then after the show he would send me a moment, uh, uh, a text saying, 
Oh, I get what you were fucking doing. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it makes for good listening. I, you know, Because if all four of us, Dan, Tooch, me, and you are all agreeing on this show, it could get kind of boring. But I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to play the devil's advocate, you know, to make it to make it sound good. Now, what I want to do here is maybe Juan is going to play the devil's advocate for here, for us here, because he makes a prediction of the Chicago Bears record for 2023 that I want us all to comment on. I think they're a 7-8 win team with Justin Fields showing improvement. I'm concerned about the Bears' defense. I'm not concerned about their offense. I mean, their their defense coach, the leading guy in soccer for him was Brisker, the strong safety last year. I never heard of that before. The guy that got the most sacks on your team is a strong safety. That's scary. Now they added. They're going to have. They got three free agents on the defensive line. They drafted two defensive linemen. The Stevenson kid, I'll tell you what, the guy they drafted in the third round out of Miami, okay, Tyreek Stevenson, this yep. kid, when I was at practice, he's going to be a starter at corner. And this is big. I was talking to head coach Matt Eberflus, and they run a scheme that's kind of like what we did at Dallas and kind of what like what Tony Dungy did at Tampa. It's a combination, too, with the point being that they have to get pressure with their four guys. They're always going to be one of the least blitzing defenses in the NFL. So the guy that's really important is that nickelback. He's the most important guy in their defense, and that's Kyler Gordon. Last year, Kyler Gordon, Bear fans know this, he played corner. Then they put him at nickel. He was, But now, guess what? He's full-time. You're the nickelback. Don't worry about anything else. We got Jalen Johnson on one side. And we got Tyreek Stevenson, who had the day I was there, the guy had an interception for a touchdown, knocked on three balls. This guy from Miami, he's he's gonna be a big time player. That was a great pick for them, and it's gonna fit into their defense perfectly. But it's gonna come down. Can they get any pressure? Uh, you know, I, I don't see it. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. All right. So here's what I want to do. I want to go to AC first because he's gonna wake up like in about four or five hours to go to his job. <laughs> Where, by the way. Buy Toyota, right, AC? Buy Toyota. Right. Hey, the, res- the resale value is through the roof, man. Yep. If you look through those lists that say, you know, the worst resale value, there's not a single Toyota on it. I drive a Tacoma myself. My wife drives a RAV4. Uh, yeah, buy Toyotas, man. Keep keep feeding my kids. I appreciate there it. There you go. <laughs> my wife is looking for a new car for the last two, three years, and we're leaning towards buying that RAV4. So before we go to the to the dealer, I want to give you a call so that you can give us some tips on what we should ask and stuff. But what do you think about Dave Wanstad's record? And then I'll go to Dan and Tooch. I really like what he said about Tyreek Stevenson uh, uh, out of Miami. Before he went to Miami, he played at Georgia, so he's got the talent. The kid has talent to play. He's played at big-time colleges. He ran into some off-the-field issues at Georgia, got homesick, and went back to Miami. That's the whole reason why he went to Miami is because he's from there. Uh, he's got really good talent, uh, and a lot of people talk about the 32nd pick that we gave up for Claypool. We still ended up with a corner who apparently they like because they traded up for him. I do worry. I do worry about the pass rush. I mean, we're we're hoping Gibson can get on track. Uh, he's playing his third position in three years or something. You know, we thought he might come back on track last year. He wasn't able to do it. It's do or die for him. He's in his last year. You know what I mean? This is the last year. If he doesn't put up this year, he's going to be gone. 
Um, we might see the Bears trade for an edge rusher. I know I spoke about Chase Young earlier. I know he's injured a lot, but, man, the talent is there. He was the number two overall pick for a reason, or maybe he was number one. I don't know. He's a really damn good defensive end. Uh, there's another guy I think the Vikings might have available. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they like to trade within the division. They've already done it several times, but I, I don't know what I feel about that. Um, but, yeah, the pass rush is tough, and I love what he said about the corners. I think this defense can get back on track. Um, of course, I love Andrew Billings. That's a friend of the ballroom. Um, Jervon Dexter, uh, he's fine, I guess. Uh, but the pick that I like a lot that they made in the fourth round, I think, was Zach Pickens out of South Carolina. I watched that guy come here to Kentucky and literally run rough. He did what I thought Jalen Carter would have done against us. I'm telling you, that kid is good and he's fast. When he, when he was recruited to South Carolina, he was supposed to be the next coming of the Jadavian Clowney, who, by the way, is still a free agent if you need a pass rusher. So, I mean, we'll get it together. I have faith in this team. I love that we're young and building. It's it's fun to watch this. That's that's another reason why I'd be fine with us being on hard knocks. I'd like to see these young guys yes. get to know them as more than just a ball player that I see on Sundays. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But uh, what Wani said, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be tough. I mean, we, we don't see it on paper. Honestly, we don't. Andrew Billings, as much as I love him, he's a run stuffer. You know what I mean? Zach Pickens was more of a run stuffer in college. He didn't turn out to be what they thought he was going to be coming in. Apparently, Dexter's doing really well in practices. Uh, I wasn't impressed by him when I watched him play Kentucky, but that's really the only game I watch Florida is when they're playing us. So, I, I who knows what might happen. But uh, I definitely got faith in this team. AC, and one of the cool things uh, when you had Billings on the Barfly Tailgate show several months ago before he became a Chicago Bear, Jordan Silvera asked him about the three-tech position and Mr. Shorty did a wonderful job while he was here at the barroom putting, putting together shorts. So if you want to find his response to potentially playing the three tech position, which is one of the most important positions in this bear scheme, look for our shorts on the barroom network. AC, you got a bar stool here with your name on it. Anytime you want to come on this show, you are more than welcome. I love you, brother. And that Beard looks fucking incredible, brother. That is, I mean, you you talked before the show that you were thinking about maybe trimming it. Don't fucking even think about that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Let that baby grow, man. I love it. It looks good. Well, you'll never see me. You'll never see me clean shaven. If you do, I'll be sleeping on the couch and looking for a new wife. She's already <laughs> told me that. <laughs> you know what? My wife is the same. When I when I shave off my beard, she wants nothing to do with me. <laughs> she don't want me to touch her. She don't want nothing to do with me. You know All what right. they call? You know what they call men without beards, right? What do they call? What? Women. <laughs> Danny Wire? <laughs> I'll never have a beard. <laughs> I, I shave every other day because I, I hate shaving too. So I would oh. like to see Dan McGuire with the beard, wouldn't you? Aldo? It's never gonna yes. happen. Why? Because I hate beards. Like I would rather <laughs> suck a guy's dick than kiss a guy with a beard. All right. If, so. we, if we start winning, Dan, you gotta grow a beard. You gotta grow a playoff beard. I absolutely right. will not. Oh man. Come would, on, you grow, would you grow a beard if it guaranteed the Bears winning a Super Bowl? Yes. No. 
You no. won't suck Aaron oh, Rodgers' dick. I'm not <laughs> growing a beard. I will not grow a beard. I absolutely hate. This is the most controversial moment in Bears barroom history. <laughs> no, because the Aaron Rodgers thing is a joke. The beard thing is not. I mean, that's like I'm not doing it. I'm just telling you, I'm not doing it. I, I I'm not it. gonna do it. So quit asking. That's the main <laughs> thing. I think it's this. I mean, no offense to to AC's beard, but I think beards are just fucking like hideous. People have food in them and shit. I mean, it's just it's fucking. There's I like hygiene there. Wash. Like, Jesus, man, I I hate beards. I mean, I just fucking hate them. Occasionally, there's one that looks cool on, on like, Dan Fouts, you know, like, had a good beard back in the day. But I I don't know, man. I just don't like beards. See, that is weird to me because. Not even for a Super Bowl. Dan loves to give cunnilingus. He he loves to go yeah. down on the hey, woman. The best, beard oil, the best beard oil yeah. you can get is pussy juice. There you go. And as Squeegee <laughs> says, he calls his the pussy tickler. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Reconsider, Dan Aguirre. Reconsider. It's not going to happen, man. <laughs> That's all I right, would man. be willing to suck Aaron Rodgers' dick. <laughs> I'm not growing a beard, though. <laughs> hey, funny story. My dad can't grow a beard. His comes in all patchy and stuff. Really? Yeah. Well, so You got a beautiful beard there, brother. Thank you. If Thank I was a girl, yeah, I'd let you go to, down on me. <laughs> we need to have uh, Aaron McCulsky and Aaron Current on at the same time. Oh, what a great idea, Toots. <laughs> we, we need a show, a special yeah. show on the network. Call it, the, uh, I don't know, the Two Bearded Guys show. I don't know what the title Bearded is. Aaron show? <laughs> yes. The two guys with great long beards, and their name is Aaron. Oh, my God. Help me out, Aaron. Lord, yeah. that's a show. <laughs> Bearded bear fans. All right. Bearded bastards. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I tell you, man. Like I said, my dad can't grow a beard. Maybe I am a bastard. <laughs> I was kidding. It just it sounds cool. You know, bearded bastard. I wasn't really calling you a bastard. <laughs> All right, AC, we will let you go. Uh get to work tomorrow, and I'll be calling you soon when we go by that RAV4. All right, brother. Yeah, I had a great time tonight, guys. Thanks for having me on. Love you being on, brother. Take Later, brother. See you. Uh, tailgate coming up. 80 days That's away. Right. 80 days yeah. away. Might, maybe this I'm, Sunday. Maybe, maybe this Sunday, right? All right. Yeah. All right. I'll be, I'll be, I'll text KB tomorrow and see what's up. All right. And we'll let everybody know uh, on uh, Twitter uh, what's going on with AC and potentially having Billings on. And then do you want to mention the other player that might be on? I mean, KB's reached out to De- uh, Demarcus Walker. I don't know if he's said yes. anything back yet, but uh, seriously, he... man, fuck that shit. That's what he said. That was the Demarcus Walker quote. <laughs> seriously, fuck that shit. Well, yeah, Justin Jones came out and and talked about the uh, yeah. Packers fans not Worst knowing fans ball. in the world. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I can I can definitely agree with that. I mean, I'm a lot of them. Really love this Bears defense. They've been spoiled, line. man. They've had thirty years of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Packers fans don't know what it's like to struggle through. What we struggle yeah, about with. to find out <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All the words are out my No, no. Here's what the, lucky. What's probably going to happen is, I just hope that Jordan Love is decent enough for them to win eight or nine games. So they uh-huh. pick in the middle of the draft. If they get Caleb Williams out of USC, fucking look. Oh. Well, yeah, but that's I mean, a good who, knows? who knows? <laughs> they got a tank. They got a really tank for that one. Yeah, yeah. That's all right, y'all. All right, brother. Take care, man. Have a good night. All right. That is Who Aaron knew that there would Cameron. be so much vitriol about the beard? 
Look at this, <laughs> on the screen. I know. I know. I'm telling you, man. You know, uh, I, I would love to see that. you with a beard. I don't understand. Have you ever grown a beard, Dan? No. What? Like why when I first started to grow like a mustache or something, I thought it was cool that I could grow. And then I was like, you know, what? mustaches are terrible. What am I doing? So, why are they terrible? Why is a mustache? Oh man! I mean, occasionally you got like Tom Selleck. Burt Reynolds will have like Dave Wanstead, Mike Ditka. Ditka will have yeah. mustaches that are cool, but they're just not cool of me, man. They're just not. I mean, I just, I, I'm, I'm just a poet. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. It's like if I told you I didn't wear fucking briefs, would anybody lose their mind? I, I don't. I yeah. wear boxer briefs because I want protection for my balls. You know, like I yeah. want. Like, but if, if someone out there is like, oh, he doesn't wear boxers. He, I've lost all respect for him. That's how fucking crazy this is about the beard. I've lost all respect for it. I got to tell you, man, I can. Well, I'm going to lose fucking sleep now. <laughs> you know, my face, would, my, face would, my face would look so fat without a beard. <laughs> yeah, same here. My face I'm is not... fat. But you know, Aldo, <laughs> truthfully, with your beard, I swear to you, if you would color your beard, you would look like you were in your 40s. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know what? I Maybe for the next show that I'm on, I'm going to have a colored beard yeah. because my wife do, has been encouraged. Really? I didn't know and that. And I'm a senior citizen now. I had no idea. I just turned that, 55. Baby. I went to T-Mobile yesterday to get my senior citizen discount on my cell phone bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'd save it 20 bucks a month. <laughs> Holy shit, Tooch. I had no idea. Yeah. Yep, 55. So what do you use, like Just for Men or something? Uh, you know, I did because it has like a really easy brush. You can brush it in and shit. But then my wife, when we were in the Philippines, she's like, oh, the Filipino stuff is way better. You know, and it does. It lasts a lot longer. So, but I got one, Eldo. Next time I see you, I'll bring one of those Filipino. No, no, no. I will, uh, I will, uh, buy my own. I'll give it, I'm going to give it a shot. My wife has been encouraging me and, and, you know, I've been, my hair has been thinning a lot since I got into my mid sixties. I'm 64. I'm going to be 65 in September. And so my wife looks at me and I asked her, are you going to be upset when I lose all of my hair? And she said, yes. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I mean, but God bless her. She was honest about it. And so now that it has really got me thinking, should I buy some of that, those fucking hair growing products and shit? You know, I don't know. I don't, I mean, like, there, you know, there's like, you always point to like one spot on the top and the back. It might be a little thinner than the rest, but. But yeah, but if I if I just saw you at Soldier Field walking around, I wouldn't be saying that. Goddamn, that guy's going bald. I mean, it doesn't look as obvious as you might think. Well, well next time you see me, you might change your opinion. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding you. If you just had it, like if your beard was lighter, I mean, like darker rather, uh-huh. it would. I mean, you look like you're in your 40s, man. You yeah. know, you've aged really well, or, or, or in your you. 50s. i'll take it (laughs) exactly oh my gosh my uh shorty says my mother turns 66 in september why don't you introduce me to her man (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i'm not above having an extra marital you know who's going after his mom chris watts (laughs) (laughs) 
I can't believe we brought Chris over and he fucked my mother. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Part of our plan, uh, Chris, I know you're listening. You listen to our show uh, after uh, immediately after you wake up on Wednesday morning. And so uh, we're going to clue you in. Dan and I have a plan. We're going to get you laid when you're here in Chicago. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to try to do it. <laughs> Heidi? <All right. laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Heidi. <laughs> Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> International sex. Foster has got the fucking list for me. Just for men, hearing yeah. aid, triprocos, Medicaid. I'm on a roll. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, guys. All right. Yeah, let's want to talk a little bit more bears or should we get into the world of entertainment? What else you got bears wise? Yeah, a little more bears. Well, yeah. I want to ask. Can I ask the chat room please, a question? Please. I was like, I want to ask the chat room, would you guys grow a beard for a Bears Super Bowl victory? That's all. <laughs> you know? Okay. I just want to know. <laughs> I will answer this for real. I'm representing the chat room. If for some reason we knew that my beard would mean the Bears would win, of course I'd grow the beard. I but, knew you would. I knew you would. But there's no I way to you. quantify that. Thus, I'm not growing the beard. I just I find beards to be absolutely abhorrently disgusting. Really, that bad? I mean, it, you know, the like ACs is fine on him. Like for me, it would just be horrible. It's just like I, I like tattoos on women. I don't have any for on myself. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing. I I mean, the whole tattoo situation. I don't know how you feel about this, Stooge, but I I love a woman to not have tattoos. Now I respect their choice, and some of them look really cool, and some of them don't look really cool. You know, there are some uh, women and men who just get like a tattoo. Like if something is going on in their life, I'll stick a tattoo on here that, you know, uh, uh, exemplifies my feelings towards, you know, abortion, or I'll get a tattoo over here exemplifying my uh, feelings towards, you know, the current president, whatever. It, it, it to me, it just doesn't make sense that you're using your body as a billboard f to advertise your feelings about certain things. I, I don't know how you feel about this, Tooch. What, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I, I would like to have a tattoo. I just can't afford them. That's like bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, you're making I all this that. money. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, they're expensive, man. Like a little one's like 200 bucks, you know? Yeah. It I is. mean, uh, I wouldn't mind having like I don't know, maybe some kind of like I don't know, runes or barbed wire or something. I don't know if I would have like, or maybe my kids' names or a heart with my wife's name in it. So you know, something mm -hmm. like that. But what do you think, uh, Dan? Would you get a tattoo? I know no, you don't have they're one. just they're, they're not they're not for me. I just said if a woman has them, it's not like something like I'm opposed to or. That accentuates well. Maybe sometimes that I think they can be hot, but it's like I'm I'm just sort of like eh, the tattoos. They're fine for other people. They're just not for me. Same thing with beards, man. It's just just not me. I think Jeremy might have the chat quote of the yeah. uh, show. I shave my whole there, body, uh, grow a beard, there. and get a dick piercing and vote for Trump in the marriage. <laughs> no, no one can top me saying I would blow Aaron Rodgers for the Super Bowl. That is there's untoppable. Yeah, I think that's I even why Jenny McCaskey could take a shit on my chest, and the <laughs> old right. lady from from the Detroit Lions from the Ford family. 
<laughs> Squeegee uh, says, Dan, you're oh, a hell of a man. That's <laughs> all right. Dan, you're a hell of a man. And based on your beard phobia, mostly a wolf man. <laughs> That's I, don't, Squeegee. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. I mean, like, I know beards are like like it's like all the women's like, ah, we're shaving our pussies now. And like all the men was like, Well, we're taking all the hair that women had between their legs and putting it on our faces now. It's, well, it's, it's, you know that you know what that's it's really fascinating about that because he likes women who have a bush you know not not that he's gonna exclude any woman who is right. shaved down there but he likes women who are hairy down there her suit yeah. and so why not have her hair suit uh, facial hair i mean i've got like man hair on my chest i mean i've got a fucking chest full of hair that's fine but i don't like it on my face man i just i like to be smooth you know i wish i didn't even have to shave what if you met like a super My hot hair is chick? long, I guess, for a guy. If someone's really asking about your, that. Your new girlfriend's like super hot and like, you know, hairy probably. But, you know, and really beautiful. And she's like, Dan, I really want you to grow a beard, you know, so we can have more amazing sex than we're already having right now. Would you grow a beard then? No, man, it's just not me. It's just like asking me to, to bat left-handed. I'm a right-handed hitter, man. You know, just, it's, just <laughs> not, it's not who I am. You I got, I got an idea though, although you know I'm an uh, I'm an idea man. Uh-huh. So yes, what if are. we do what if we do this? We uh the Bears let's say the Bears win the first week mm-hmm. at uh, uh versus Green Bay. And uh uh Dan uh after the first we'll consider that game one of a winning streak. So mm-hmm. Dan uh will will not shave until the Bears lose, and while it's going on, we uh every victory or to every, every day we can uh, uh, give to uh, Chris Watts fund to come to America to raise money for uh, Chris Watts to fly here. Would that be something? <laughs> I just I don't like want to idea. grow. Be- I don't want to grow a beard. I, I don't like beards. I don't know why this is an issue. I just don't. I don't understand. <laughs> no, no, the only reason it's an issue is your adamant attitude towards. Yeah. Anti beards. That's yes. what I, I find though, fascinating. Huh? I find that fascinating. It's like me telling you not to wear deodorant or like not wash your ass. I mean, no, to me, it's that's like... different. That's different. <laughs> but like me, you can wash these things. It's not like you don't have. You're not gonna. I mean, it's not like Aldo and I don't wash them. <laughs> we do. I'll, I'll shampoo my fucking beard. You know, it's just beards aren't for me. It's just like I don't want <laughs> like the weekend's character on the show has a rat tail. I don't want that either. <laughs> Mr. Mayhem says, Dan, would you grow a beard for a billion dollars? Now, I mean, who's going to give yeah. me a billion dollars for Elon, Elon, okay. Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, right. If, if I could raise like a thousand dollars, would you grow a beard for a thousand dollars? No. No. Uh, Ten okay. thousand. Yeah, five thousand. Let's, 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 let's slow hey, down. Let's slow down. I still $5, I owe seventy-seven thousand dollars still in my house. You pay off my fucking mortgage, I won't shave for a fucking year. Oh, oh man, I would love to see that. So that's the amount seventy-seven thousand yeah, dollars. It's not a bad price. Okay. Guess what? You're gonna fucking be careless for the next. Month. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. Oh, uh, Dan, you got oh. a question? I think we might have to. Uh... Swing I've, I've had grow. I've been with women that didn't shave their arms or their legs. I prefer, like you know, smooth and shit. But like, it doesn't bother me. Like, it, you know, it's fine. I, whatever, man. I like women. I, actually, Dan, aren't you kind of turned down by a hirsute woman, a woman who is has hair and armpits and legs? No, I would prefer like that shaven. But 
it's cool though. I don't mind it. It's like in my head, I'm thinking I'm fucking a girl from the first Woodstock, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a, so- like a fucking hippie girl that my dad would have fucked. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because some of the comments in the chat yeah. room about about you know hair and deodorant and stuff. Uh, Cliff says, by the way, the hairy legs are a turn off. I have to disagree with Cliff. I, when I was younger, I felt that way, but as I've gotten older, I've learned to kind of think of we, it more. We have greatly not- lowered our standards, Cliff. <laughs> 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 well put, dude. <laughs> Very well put. You know, at this point in my life, I don't care. Hey, if you're gonna give me some pussy, I don't care if you got hair in your nostrils. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, uh, bearded uh, Dan wanted somewhere. That's why he don't love. <laughs> That's an interesting thought. Are you? Are you? Are there wanted posters with Dan Aguirre wearing a beer somewhere? No. No, oh, that's uh, a great question. For the police, though, you know? I mean, no. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I've been in jails when I've worked at the jail. So. Yeah, what about the women in the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? At, when they're in that uh, uh, camp where, where they used to shoot Yeah, the Manson, that's what I was saying, like a 60s yes. thing. Like, that's fine with me. And uh, if you notice, uh, Andy McDowell's daughter was the main Manson girl that Brad Pitt had the thing with. He she kept trying to hitchhike and then Oh, I she, didn't know that was Andy McDowell's daughter. Yeah, yeah. And oh. uh she's got armpit fur in it. And it, it's fine. I kinda I, you know, I dig it. I mean, like I said, if it's clean shaven, I, it's fine too. Yeah. Squeegee. I like women, man. <laughs> Squeegee <laughs> says Harry Vag smells like the shit outdoor. We need to see <laughs> Sque- we need to see Squeegee's C V his like work history resume. <laughs> if I'm gonna be frivolous and like an asshole the one thing that i really really don't like with women it's like a turn off like i can deal with hairy legs hairy armpit i just again i'm not saying that i'm the judge of females and like my opinion like they're beneath me none of that but if you're just asking like pure turn on i really hate short short hair on women like the dyke spike or or if like women are like I've seen some women like over the, since I've gotten divorced, like I've been divorced for like four or five years now. Women that like, that are like kind of really going bald on top, like no bullshit. Like, like I thought, yeah, but I thought like female baldness was like a fucking myth, man. But there's a lot of women with thin hair, like way thinner than what you were talking about. Like I'm like looking down and they're blowing me and I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, (laughs) like how is your hair so thin? I mean, it's like, Will Smith's wife or something, you know? Uh, what is the disease, too, the, the sickness that women have? Alopecia. Alopecia, yeah. So, Dan, have you ever dated a woman with alopecia? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm Maybe just, that- I guess I'm not trying to mock women in any way. I just said that, that my one of my favorite things in life is a head full of hair on a woman. Mm-hmm. So if, if they, like, have it really, like, G.I. Jane short, or they're going bald. I mean, I hate to be frivolous, but that's the one thing that kind of turns me off, I guess. Yeah. What do you think about what Mr. Shorty writes here? He says, I grabbed Dan after dinner from the Dolphins game and gave him a, two big bearded smooches on each cheek because I'm Italian, LOL. He hated the beard. What do you, yeah. how do you, how do you never had a beard touch my – well, that's not true. My friend Josh, who's not my friend anymore, got drunk and like – got so close to me. He was doing that thing where they tell you they love you, even though they don't, they're just saying it because they're drunk. 
And his beard touched me and it freaked me the fuck out. I had a girlfriend named Lauren at the time and I was like, his fucking beard touched me. I'd rather his fucking balls touch me than his beard. You know, like that's disgusting. <laughs> that uh Cliff asked the question, would you would you guys be excited by a bald woman? Just on the top of her head, no. no, no. Sinead O'Connor had that whole thing going on, you know, yeah. in the 80s. Beautiful 90s. woman. Yeah. Beautiful woman. She's got a lot of mental issues. She's had kids uh, yeah. die and like she's really? like committed herself. Like she's really struggling. Like, where's Trey Busy? We've talked about him earlier. We need him to like to do a show with her. She's like, I'm not trying to be funny. She's yeah. had, she's going through a lot of problems mentally. Whatever mm-hmm. happened to Trey? Is he still doing that? Uh, what was that the help show that he was helping people? Like, uh, isn't, that, isn't that funny, Dan? You and I were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Uh, Trey I, Busy. Yeah. Uh, former member of the Barroom Network. He was went on. so funny. Just a funny dude, man. Oh, he's a great, great guy. Yeah, and, great guy, uh, funny. Knows his bear stuff really yep. good, knows really well. Uh, yeah, a great guy. And then he went yeah. on. Yeah, gosh, I'm forgetting the title of his show. But I, I checked his Twitter account. There was no mention of the show. He does have a Twitch channel. So anyway, follow Trey Busy, T-R-E-Y. B-I-Z-Z-Y. I think that's his Twitter handle. He's a great guy, very knowledgeable about yeah, beer. Uh, and guy. so, Trey, if you're listening and want to come on as a guest yeah, on the awesome. show, let's let's reach out. That would be a lot of fun. No doubt about it. I shared that opinion, and, and I'm getting heat for it. See? With Retro's quote, I'm like, I just, I told, I told you, I said, I'm not looking down on women. I just, you want to know what I'm not attracted to. And that's that. Like, you know. Yeah. Retro, retro, he's always gunning for Dan. <laughs> Retro, I'm going to take Trey Busy's thing here. You know who needs to get some pussies? Retro. That's who needs to get like. <laughs> Retro he had, he had like a five-way during a BCP show on Thursday. <laughs> Retro loves to push Dan's buttons. Loves yeah, to push Yeah, I said, he's always gunning for Dan. Yeah, he loves the three stooges for fuck's sake. <laughs> Some corn it's like, it, although if, if you didn't grow up like it back then you know because i mean little rascals and three stooges were like it was like it, it was on all the time it was like you know you could turn it on and have some chuckles and stuff you know Shit, i'd rather grow a beer than watch little rascals <laughs> <laughs> full circle we came full circle yeah. <laughs> wait a minute uh, cliff is saying farrah fawcett died of anal cancer is i think she true? did yeah i think she did Oh my God, I was not yeah. aware of that. That's what I always said to my ex wife. I was like, fuck, I'll stay with you even if you get ass cancer. Uh, of course, <laughs> that didn't make her want to be loyal, but that's another story. <laughs> but I did say that all the time. I was like, I'll be with you even if you have ass cancer. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. I won't say that, that to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Retro says, Dan, I get pussy almost daily. Can you say that? Yes. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> and it's different, pussy. <laughs> how important is it, Dan, in your life? Well, not not how important, but let me phrase it this way: You've been married, and you had sex with the same woman for several years, for a decade. For a decade, okay. So I didn't uh, cheat. And so not what. <laughs> so how uh, how do you compare the fact that you're getting lots of different sex from different women to having sex with one woman over a decade? I wish I just it would have worked out. I mean, I would have been happier in that aspect. Uh, but, I mean, it's cool. Like, you know, like 
the things that, you know, I've seen subsequent to that, that I didn't before, like before I got married, I'd never been with a squirting vagina. I've seen those plenty of times now. Uh, actually it was with the lady whose vagina was black. I don't mean like, like, Oh, but, but her whole vagina, like the clit, all of it was black, 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 dark. Like my ex-wife, uh, was very tanned and, and like, you know, like her areolas were brown and not pink or flesh colored, but like this one lady, of course she, she happened to be black, but her whole fucking pussy was black. Like I'd never seen anything. I thought it was really cool. Like just little things like that, that I find uh, fascinating, the differences in women and such, but I would have preferred to have been with one woman, man. Like that's truth. That's not bullshit. But since I I'm not, I might as well just enjoy the game. Well, Retro is trying to defend uh, what he said here. He says, I wasn't even digging at Dan. How was that a shot at him? Uh, I'm not saying it was a shot at him, but Retro, you do. You have to admit that you oh. like to push buttons with uh, Dan Aguirre. He you loves to rip some differences. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, Demon says, what the fuck, Dan? LOL. I'm not quite sure what Demon is referring yeah, to. Yeah, I'm not sure which part. Yeah, so you I didn't say anything that concept. wasn't true. I mean, I'd rather have been with one lady because again, it's like something Eddie Murphy said in, on raw that always stuck out to me. And again, I first saw raw and I was like seven. So I've, I've thought about this my whole life, like way before fucking when he was like, you're always every night you're putting your, like you're gambling with your dick, man. He's just like, you, you come back herpes. My dick is ruined. Like I've had a lifelong fear of catching herps. So <laughs> knock on wood, I'm good right now, but are you yeah. hard right now? <laughs> You're no, knocking on your dick. I didn't knock on my wood. I walked on the calendar. <laughs> Boys, I don't want to get the herbs. And that's one of the things, if you're in a relationship, you, you have, if you have monogamy and you can trust each other, then, you know, you it's it's cool to do that, you know, like and not have to worry about catching shit, you know, because, God, the older you get, the more people they've slept with, the more people you've slept with, and then you multiply that and multiply that. And then, you know, fuck, I'm not Will Chamberlain here, but I, I've, I've slept with, a considerable amount of women so i gotta tell you man i hope there are lots of women listening to this because this is how guys talk <laughs> i mean like foster says i've been banging the same pussy for 30 years <laughs> this is this is how guys talk now i will say that i don't talk that way in front of my wife <laughs> I could see her being a little hostile toward you. Oh, you did. oh my God. <laughs> uh, Cliff says, I was shopping with my wife today, waiting for her outside the dressing room. Women kept trying on half a dozen outfits and handing them back, all back. I picked up two pairs of shorts in 30 seconds. I'm not quite sure what that means, Cliff, but it's an interesting story. <laughs> uh, Retro says, I love Dan. I enjoy his stories. I want to change the narrative that I don't like Dan. Yeah, I got to tell you this. Retro and I have exchanged a lot of communications over the last several months, and he continually tells me, I wish Dan realized that I'm just poking fun and that I How is it fun like when you say you're threatening going to come to somebody's house and stuff? Not that I thought he was going to, <laughs> and not that I wasn't going to defend myself, but like to disseminate a threat, like to go to somebody in the culture, uh, in our crazy gun culture, someone's going to say they're coming to harm you. Then fuck you, bro. Did, you know, uh, like, how am I supposed to view you as a friend? Did you ever like, who, see who uh, disseminates threats like that? You know? Did you ever see the cable guy? That's of course. Uh, retro. You're like you're uh, Matthew Broderick, and he's the Jim Carrey character. I thought it was a shitty movie, by the way. <laughs> oh come on, that's classic. I didn't like it. 
let me let me share this with about that. I, I scripted something for him that was kind of I forgot what the line was. It was kind of an, an urban hip hoppy line and, and so forth. And Dan had no clue as to what that reference was. I, I, I apologize, I can't remember the line, Dan. Uh, but I, I, I think that's a huge thing in how we interact with people. That we all come from different cultures, from different backgrounds and stuff. And so the culture and background that retro comes from is not something that Dan is familiar with and, and probably vice versa, right? Is that fair to say, Dan? I, I don't really know what the, no, I, I don't think that, I think that supersedes culture in the, the context of America 2023. If someone's saying they're going to come harm you at your house, I don't understand how that's supposed to be cool. And I went, I grew up in an area that's 50, 50 white and black in my school. So it's, I'm not one of these motherfuckers and went with two black people their whole life or something. So no, I've been no, with but, women, like I'm not some whitey, whitey McWhite here, you know? And, and I'm not, and I'm not uh, saying that at all, uh, Dan, but, but you do have to admit that like, f for instance, me, I grew up in, in an urban background stuff, but I'm not familiar with the hip hop, hip hop culture from the last 10, 15 years and stuff. There's a lot of phrasing and, and uh, music and, and, and cultural stuff that I'm not familiar with. And by the way, Retro saying, I never said I would hurt you, Dan. I was using the stereotype of people from New Jersey, the mafioso stereotype when he was making those jokes. Okay. <laughs> So, Dad's had it with this conversation. I just we're don't. Men, we're, we're mending fences here. <laughs> right. I, is, is it safe to say, Dan Aguirre, <laughs> that you and Retro have at least started to repair the relationship? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Retro. <laughs> Enough of that. <laughs> we're going to move on to our next topic. <laughs> At 9.55, we're going yeah. to start talking a little bit about uh, popular culture, which we always love to do on this show. And yeah. so, Tooch, I got to start with you first. Have you been watching HBO's The Idol, perhaps the most controversial show on television, on streaming, on, on anything? The Idol is definitely the most controversial show right uh, now. Have you seen any episodes? I, I, I don't. I didn't know about it. I don't honestly oh, don't know what it is. But tell me. Okay. Tell me. I must so know. Dan Aguirre, you are the man right now. Why don't you, uh, first of all, set the stage. We're three episodes into a six-episode season on The Idol. Tell Tooch and our audience what the show is about and your thoughts about the show. All right. I'm going to try to tell you without any prejudice. You know what I mean? Like, not not my opinion. I just want to tell you the story. Excellent. Johnny Depp's daughter is playing a pop star. All right. So she's like Britney Spears or something. Her character doesn't have control of her career. You see, that's one cool aspect of the show, whether it's like she wants to make music that has a little bit more substance to it, but she's got record label people, people that, that sell her fucking concert tickets. There's like, it's like Elvis. There's like 12 people's mouths, 120 people's mouths that she's feeding. And they all have a stake in what she's doing and together are forcing her to do shit she doesn't want to do. And then on top of that, her mother passed away. So now she sort of lacks leadership. And this guy who's played by the weekend has come into her life 
and enthralled her with passion and sex appeal and, and all this. And he's pushing all these boundaries with her and convincing her that he can lead her to the path that she wants to take. And there's an extreme amount of vulgarity and sexuality. So I think it's fucking cool in that aspect, but I tried to be as fair about it as I could right there. I could tell you like the next 97 things I don't like about it though. All right. I think that was an excellent, excellent overview of the show. I will by, add to uh, that. Creators. Yes. Creators well, Tooch, perfect. I mean, you fucking nailed it. Yeah. It is by, uh, I forgot the guy's first name. Barry? Levinson. Is it Barry? Barry Levinson, is it? Uh, because there's a Barry Levinson who has done lots of movies and TV shows, Homicide, and so I'm wondering. I think it's Sam Levinson. Okay. Sam Levinson, yeah. Yeah, right. Sam Levinson did Euphoria and a couple yeah. of other controversial shows, and he is behind this show. And so the criticism is, is that they hired a female director to do these shows, uh, and they fired her before all of the episodes were done, and they rewrote the scripts and reshot everything, and they there's a feeling now that they made the show uh, much more... Uh, dangerous in terms of uh, 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 focusing on kind of rape culture because there's like, for instance, there's this, this one scene where the weekend is telling her, you know, take your panties down, start rubbing that clit, you know, oh, that's a tight pussy and so forth. And, and, and the scenes kind of linger on with this kind of He's eating uh, her pussy in a convertible in the last episode yes in the last episode there's a, a lot of controversial scenes where a lot of the critics feel like hey they're taking advantage of this woman we understand that what they're trying to talk about which is this culture in hollywood that young women like a britney spears and so forth are taking advantage of but they're doing the same thing to Johnny Depp's daughter that they're complaining about in the show. And so that's the controversial thing. Tooch, you need to watch the show because I yeah, value your opinion. Yeah. yeah, I value your opinion. I'll get caught up this weekend. Yes, There's only three episodes so far. Exactly. So you can yeah. you can uh, devote about the three hours to it, and then next week we can talk more fully about it. But I yeah. do think that I, I'm you guys were supposed to text me three weeks ago. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the first time we talked about it was your birthday. That's why you were gone. Okay. You weren't here. Oh, the last that's, right. Was gone. Yep. that's right. Also gave me the night off. <laughs> that's right that's um, please nickels. take the night off and enjoy it with your family well, i want to say one thing about it before we move on and please. it's not an, a huge spoiler here because we've already told him that there's sexuality so it's not like i'm saying something that's going to ruin it for him right, right but my opposition to it remains the same from the first episode like i don't buy i, I love the fact that she was defending herself against him finally in episode three like and she's like no you're not going to come to me and stops him because he's wanting to come in. You, you remember that part, right, Aldo? Yes, absolutely. I'm waiting on you to, I don't want you to miss what I'm saying. No, no, I'm hearing every word. But the main thing I said in episode one that remains the same. Okay, let's assume for everything bad that Manson was allegedly, Marilyn Manson was accused of. If all that's true, exploiting women and using power and all that, which is kind of like what the weekend's character sort of doing. Like he's giving her hope in some ways and, and making her do things against her will. 
But the reason it doesn't, I don't buy it is because in those cases, Manson's the famous one and the girls aren't. She's the star and he's the nobody. So I just don't buy, like, she wouldn't allow him to like, she wouldn't allow him to come in her. So I don't think she's going to be like, yeah, you're, uh, you can fire my most trusted people and yeah, make me fucking public and then beat me with a brush and all this shit. I just don't buy it. He doesn't bring anything to it for her. Like, like, remember the line where she's like, I'm the pro here at music. You're the one who's just starting. So if he's just a novice, why would he have this like authority or this pull over her? I don't buy it. I still like the show. Okay. But that's not realistic. She's the one with the power. She's the star. Okay. Let me counter that. Please. He is fucking her so good that she's fallen into his trance. And I love that scene where they are at the table and uh, the weekend is there. His character, I forgot his, his character's name, but he's there at the head of the table. Symbolically, yeah, yeah, at yeah. the head of the table. In her house, no less. In her house, exactly. And in the, on that uh, table are like uh, uh, four of his followers, people who support everything he says. And there's only like two of her people. And one of them has kind of become convinced by the weekend's uh, thoughts about how to run her career. So you talk about the guy, right? Yes, exactly. The, yeah, the guy's on board. The girl thinks he's a piece of shit. Right. Spoiler alert here, Tooch. There was re- in episode one. There was revealed a, uh, a put on social media a shot of Johnny Depp's daughter. Jocelyn is the name of the character with semen on her face. Somebody had just come on her face. It got leaked to like TMZ or something. Exactly. And so now uh, that one character recommended to the weekend character, this kind of guru grooming type guy recommended that that should be the album cover for her next album for this upcoming album. Like and the, the weekend says, the face. yes, <laughs> which I, actually I gotta say that would, I, I might play that out. They said, like, there'll be more hits to come or something like that. A good pun. Exactly. I, think, uh, I, I hate to Nancy say Reagan it, but would come back from the dead. That was the album cover. I, I hate to say it. When I used to go to Rolling Stone over in Norwood Park, and they used to have all the albums there, I hate to say it, but I would buy albums that I never heard of the artist or know the music, but the fucking sexy album cover. <laughs> <laughs> I spent six dollars on the album. Yeah. But in any case, you know, uh, so. I, I forgot what my point was uh, about this, but it, it, it there is. You're talking this... about the dinner, like with our, he's at the head of the table. Yeah, he's at the head of the table, and he's he's basically, you know, sh- you know, trying to seduce her with his way of running the business. And as you said, Dan, you know, she says to him, "I've been in this business for a long time. You've just started in it." Because so why would she be listening to him like that? That's my point. But I think it's because he's been fucking her so good. He has seduced her with the way he's fucking her. And these scenes are fairly explicit. You know, you don't see penetration. You don't see his heart on or anything like that. But they're they've made a lot of people uncomfortable with the sexuality in the show. And I think we, the weekend uh, in Variety just said, 
I accept all of the criticism that's been leveled at the show. And that's what we're trying to do is make people uncomfortable because in the music industry, this shit happens. This shit happens. And so I have to, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to express it. Pay attention to what their intentions are because it makes me uncomfortable too. You know, so I think that there's three more episodes left, and I want to see it play out. There's, there's, there's only three. I, I think it's only a six sec, six uh, episode season, is what okay. I read somewhere. I, m- I might have misread that, but uh, I, I want to see where this goes. It is somewhat of. A, Dan, I got to ask you: Do you sure. think the weekend is a good actor? There's some things. Like I, he was annoying to me and it's not because of music. I'm not coming in and like, Oh, I'm not a fan of his music or this, that, and the other. It's just watching it on his merit on the show. Like when he was mad about the, the guy that said his uh, parents were a doctor and his sister was a doctor. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if you look at my girl again, he's like, I'll fuck you up or uh, whatever he was saying. It just felt so fake and phony to me. You know what I'm talking about? Where he was yeah. bitching at her male yeah. assistant. And the yes. guy was like, uh, it's my job to watch her or whatever. Yes. And he like he had this these lines that just felt so forced. Yeah. Um again, who am I to criticize his acting? But that that's one of the weaknesses of the show thus far. However, his name, his star power is is enough to mitigate his weakness as the actor because he is a star. He has been criticized by critics for his acting. Uh, I mean, it's like Really, almost to the point where I think the criticisms are unfair because I watched this last episode and I went into the episode thinking this guy's a terrible actor. And I think that part of my opinion was swayed by these critics' opinions. And I saw this week's episode, week three episode, and I thought, you know what? I don't know. I, I think that this guy is a bit persuasive in the fact that he is trying to groom this woman to be his bitch. That is exactly what he's trying to do. He is trying to latch on to his fame and he is trying to groom her into being the type of star that he wants, which is a slutty sexual object star. He wants somebody that's dangerous. And I, I'm finding the whole thing a bit provocative. And I bet a lot of people say, well, you're just fucking as sick as Levinson and, and The Weeknd, who are the creators of the show. Hey, fuck, maybe I am. But I, I just find it provocative. Now, my opinion on the whole show is still up because it, it is, on the, uh, it is. I don't know, I, I, it could be terrible, it could be good. I don't know. I, I want to reserve my opinion until I see the entire series. It's, I'm it's enjoying- a very interesting show. I've enjoyed the second episode and third episode much better than the first. Yes, I would uh, agree with that. It's gotten better overall. Mm-hmm. But again, my whole opposition to it isn't overall on the show. It's just I feel like that power structure within the two characters isn't realistic. And that's the part that I keep beating in my head that hurts the show to me. Because if it's something that just feels so exaggerated and and not plausible, then it hurts my liking of it. Absolutely. And I just... I just don't think if these two characters were real, that he would have that hold on her. I don't give a fuck how good he fucks. I mean, 
she's the rich star and he's just the fucking guy that owns a bar. I mean, there's how many guys own a bar in LA or a fucking club? She's the pop star. She's the one with the stroke and the authority. And she did take up for herself finally, as I said. Yes. Yes. So, but but the one thing, Dan, excuse me for interrupting you. No, please, please, please. She is coming off her mom died and so this that's she's he has caught her in a very uh uh what's the word vulnerable uh, state vulnerable there's the word vulnerable state and so if he is really a predator as he is seemingly like that he has caught the fir- perfect person a woman who is grieving her mom's death and just can't and and a mom who physically abused her to, and, because she was managing her career in a physically abusive way, right? Yeah, and that that's going to be a part that that shocks people, and I don't want to ruin it for two. It's from episode three with the 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 brush. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, Cooch can Tooch can catch up. <laughs> I just I don't know if that this would would happen. Is all I'm saying. I feel like she would be like, motherfucker, you hit me with that brush. Mm-hmm. You can take your shit and get the fuck out. You're not going to touch me with that brush. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way I feel like it would really go down. Um, but I'm going to enjoy the show the best I can. But that's my honest opinion. I think that this is fiction on fiction. Like the other stuff I find fascinating because it could be real. Like you could be a pop. You remember Russell Brand was married to Katy Perry. Yes. Well, Russell Brand, like a decade after they uh, broke up, finally talked about it. And said part of the reason they broke up was because Katy Perry hated her fucking music career. She hated that she was making all these pop songs that she didn't wasn't proud of. And Russell basically gave her an ultimatum and was like, you either be yourself. I can't be with you if you're going to play this plastic fake version of yourself. Wow. And she chose the career over being herself. So he fucking on principle left her and didn't want her money or anything. Like she wow. made a lot more money than he did. He could have gotten, you know, a, a piece of all of it, didn't want any of it. But he left that. He wow. left her on principle because she wouldn't give up making, like he said, just mindless bullshit pop music that had no substance whatsoever. And she knew that too. So the point being, uh, the fact that Jocelyn's character is being forced to make a single that she doesn't want to do. She didn't like the music video, the setup, and all this. I find all that to be fascinating because I, I hadn't really given that a enough thought to someone like Britney Spears. Maybe she didn't want to dress like a whore when, when she was 16 and hit me, baby, one more bait, whatever that fucking song was called. Like maybe people did force her to do these things, you know, like and the way the industry works, like with, you know, the, the writer comes down and this person with the tickets, how it's all so interconnected. I hadn't really thought of it that way. So it's really cool in that aspect. It really is a business. Yes. That's that's the the what I find to be the most fascinating part of this uh, series, Tooch, is that I think they they might be doing an expose on what has the music industry in Hollywood been doing to young girls like Britney Spears and and on and on, you know. Who knows if if Ariana Grande has been treated the same way. In episode two, Tooch, you will see an incredible scene of her shooting a music music video, the Jocelyn character shooting a music video, and she really wants it to be special and to be done the right way to the point where it becomes – you got to agree with me here, Dan. That scene was riveting. 
It was fucking like Peter bleeding and stuff. Is that what you're talking yes, about? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's why I do agree with you. That aspect of it. And she's killing herself physically for a video that she doesn't even really believe in and a song that she doesn't believe in, but she feels like she has to do it. Right. And when you're an established star and you have to do what other people tell you, I guess I, you know, I felt like, you know, fuck, you're like, let's just say this was Britney Spears, just as an example. If you're on your third album, you figure you got enough dick to, to be like, hey, I'm Britney Spears and I'm doing what I want, but maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. And like that aspect is fascinating to me, like in a negative way, you know, but I like that her character wants to make music that she's proud of. And, yes. and but she's afraid. She says something like, you know, people can't relate to me. And if they did, they wouldn't like me anymore. Right. She's afraid to show vulnerability. And I feel like that's, that is like what the essence of regular people are too. Like whether you're dating or whatever, there's so many people that have this bravado shit that they don't want to show you who they really are. So I find that again, to be incredibly realistic that she said that the only thing I don't like is the power structure within their relationship. That's the part I don't buy. Yeah, I, I can I can and see why you feel that way. I got to tell you why. I, I think this is the most fascinating series of the year uh, of that I've seen anyway, and I uh, I wonder sometimes if my and I and I know Dan that you're not this way, but I sometimes I read the reviews or or, or I don't read the reviews to find out what's going to happen. I just want to get kind of a taste as to what the critics are talking about, Mm -hmm. how they feel about a show. And some, I I kind of have walked into the series thinking that the weekend is a terrible actor, that this is a sexually exploitative show and so forth. But it is in a certain extent. It is in a certain extent, but what, but I, I also wonder, are they, are there intentions well grounded in terms of they really want to expose what Hollywood has done to stars like Britney Spears. And so that their way of doing that is to show the, the ugly part of it. And maybe they've gone a little too far, but maybe the intentions aren't what some of the critics are saying, which is this is exploitative. These probably guys are probably jacking off while they're watching the rushes every night and so forth, because it is incredibly, there's, I mean, Tooch, we talked about this when, when you were out last week or two weeks ago, there's a scene where she's masturbating and choking herself, you know, and yeah. it's like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> there are that again, I'm yeah, not the HBO. standard. <laughs> I'm not the standard of like men or anything like that. So I'm not just with my own experiences. I've met several women that wanted to be choked and it makes me nervous because I don't want them to be able to like, if I, if I don't know my strength and I leave a bruise, I don't want them to be able to say that I, I hurt them and I was mean and, you know, he tried to do that. Like, I'm very weary of it, but I know there is a subculture of the women that want to do that and want to be choked. And it does make me feel really uncomfortable because the moment the woman is upset at you, that's where they go. You know, like, Oh my God, he tried to fuck, you know, he, you know, whatever. So you gotta be weary of that as the guy. Um, but with regards to her character on the show, I don't know any woman that's doing that by me, but I'm not saying, that it's not plausible, but I don't know women that are choking themselves and they're masturbating. I feel like that's an example of the show desperate to, to offend or to gain attention. Yeah. It's like uh, the movie Showgirls, like where it's just like, it's so 
it's like, please be offended. Please be turned on, but please notice something, something you've got to notice our show so hard. It's like, it almost seems a little like a, it's desperate. Yeah. It's desperation in some regards that I feel like that they're, they want attention so bad with it, that it's almost something I would criticize. Yeah. Interesting comments in the chat room. We can't get to them all, uh, but let's change the subject here. I want to know from Tooch, what have you been watching and what have you seen that you want to share with us? Uh, any Anything good or anything that you want us to stay away from? Well, I mean, I'm still watching. There's like two episodes left. I've been watching that Silo show. It's got a really good cast. Uh, it's a nice mystery. It's kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, science fiction-y. And then I mm -hmm. uh, watched a movie called Champions with uh, Woody Harrelson because uh, my brother said it was filmed in Des Moines. So uh, uh, it's uh, Woody Harrelson. He, you know, he's a basketball coach. And, uh, oh, Cheech yeah, Mayer. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, he, he coaches like a Special Olympics basketball team. It's got uh, D from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and, mm -hmm. and Cheech from Cheech and Sean. Oh, wow. It was, it was funny. It was cute. It was one of those good uh, – uh, uh, happy feeling sports movies, you know. Uh -huh. So it was good. Yeah, it's called Champions. I think it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix or no, uh, Amazon maybe. It's it's a uh, Woody Harrelson. But yeah, they had some shots at Des Moines and stuff. He was like an assistant coach on a fictional Iowa, like D League basketball team. So, by by the way, good. I I recently resaw Hoosiers. I gotta tell you, what a fucking awful movie! <laughs> yeah, I do not like. I like Gene Hackman, but I think that movie sucks. I agree with. I I liked it the first time I saw. It. I thought it was okay. Not a great movie, but when I the rewatch, I was like, this is fucking awful. Why do people like this movie? That's I love know, Gene Hackman. In Champions, there's like a Hoosier joke like that in the movie. You know, it's like, is this the part where I'm supposed to go all Hoosiers? You know, whatever. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to upset people in the in the chat room with my opinions on Hoosiers. But all right, Dan, what have you seen uh, that you want to share with people? I watched uh, that three-part documentary on Netflix uh, regarding Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, well, how's that? Yeah, the first part is about his history uh, and how it leads him to bodybuilding and how it leads him to America. And the second act is more or less his movie career. And the third act is his political career. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of good things in it, man. Like there was this, uh, he was fascinated by American film. So he, he automatically wanted to come to America, but he saw this body, I forget his name, this guy that played Hercules. Mm -hmm. And he saw him on the screen, this Italian gentleman and saw this body and immediately was like, not like, oh, it'd be great to have that body. He's like, I'm going to get that body. He was a little kid. He was like eight years old. He's like, that's going to be me. And then he, he like, it was further cemented by, he was at a store and saw the guy on the cover of a magazine too. And then years later, when he's still not famous, he's like 17 or 18, he meets him. He meets his idol and they're working out together. And like, he got, he, he beats him in a competition later and he feels guilty because he's like, maybe I should have set this one out because you know, he's in his forties and he's my fucking idol. And like, and hearing those stories was quite amazing to me. And then he talked about his, you know, his parents and, and he said that the thing that drove him was that he knew that there was a better life out there for him. Yeah. Their childhood sucked. The dad was the Nazi. 
and you know the mom was a workaholic it scrubbed their floors and he knew that this couldn't be for him but that drove him no matter what like he was but that same childhood killed his son his uh his uh brother wow like his brother wasn't as strong as he was he said mentally and it's like it made him an alcoholic and depressed and all these things like the thing that drove him that made him successful is the thing that killed his brother Whoa. so it gets really deep and then he and he talks about how he ruined his marriage with Maria Shriver. And he's like, he just said, you know, I, I, I fucked up. My fuck up cost me everything. Wow. And he's like, and he said that, you know, he's got that love child and he's like, and he, he's, I think his love child's name was Joseph. He's like, I love Joseph. I don't want Joseph to ever think that he's not loved and not welcomed into this world. He's like, it's a bad situation for everybody. And it's all my fault. He's wow, like, we still got to see this. This is yeah, awesome. He's like, we still get together and Marie and I are still are, are cordial, but it's not the same. We're not under one roof. And I know that it's my fuck up too. Yeah. It's hard to live with that knowing. I, he said, I had an affair in 1996 and he said, I can't defend it. I won't defend it. I fucked up. Wow. It, I got to tell you too, you know, of all the women he could have an affair with, I, I, I know this sounds so misogynistic. Yeah, with the lady, it was cleaning for him. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you know, I it, he was clearly just willing to stick his dick into anyone. <laughs> if I would have been there, he would have been fucking me in the ass. <laughs> um, by the way, Cliff says uh, Arnold has issues because he's a Democrat. Wait a minute, Arnold, well, Arnold was a Republican. Yeah, he says that on there. He's like, you know, he his he desperately wanted both sides to work together. And he hired a Democrat for his chief of staff because he said she was tired of working with Democrats. And I was tired of working with Republicans. And we thought, well, fuck it. Let's try doing it together. Mm -hmm. And yeah. yeah, so he's a Republican, but he did believe in climate change. So. Yeah. I got, I got to tell you, and I'm not going to go here, but I just want to say this. Coming into tonight's show, I really wanted to talk a lot about politics because of what's been going on with the Trump indictment, with uh, what happened with Hunter Biden, uh, what happened with DeSantis and stuff. But let's, let's do that maybe next week, or I've talked to Dan about maybe us doing a special that's politics-related and so forth. So I don't want to cloud that, but... I have a lot to get off my chest regarding what is happening in the world of politics right now. I just think that a lot of people need to kind of step back, take a big, big deep breath of air and kind of reevaluate their thinking on certain things. Uh, and yes, Cliff, you're all right. That is a hand slap that Hunter Biden got. There is no doubt in my mind that if I would have committed the same crimes that I would be facing a much harsher penalty than perhaps Hunter Biden is going to face. There's no doubt about it. But it is interesting that this was a five-year investigation, a five-year investigation, you know, much longer than any of the other investigations that have been going on or have gone on uh, on certain other alleged criminal criminals in politics and this is all they came up with come on man yeah, it's like i mean my tax dollars what, what is going on here <laughs> they won't criticize trump for anything not one thing it's unbelievable. But, 
but they have this like fucking hard on for Benghazi or, or, or Joe Biden's son. Like every time Trump is investigated for anything, Oh, it's a witch hunt. But when there is a legitimate witch hunt, when they have 175 hearings over Benghazi and every time Hillary Clinton's exonerated and every time they, well, now they got Hunter Biden. Okay. But it's like, that's the definition of a witch hunt. If you're going like a decade after somebody, but yet they won't review anything with the Trump. So I don't want to alienate anybody either, but it's just like, we're not going to convince anybody. Right. And not that we're trying to, but like his supporters, here's, man, here's, they, they, they will go to the grave, like uh, defending him. If he, if he touches kids or murders, they, they will find a way to blame Democrats. It's, it's disgusting in some regards. So here's, no, here's, half the here's, country would say the same thing about the other side. That's, but you all don't understand. See, but, but I think that there is a, a there, there, it isn't a fair comparison. Like, for instance, here's, here's, a, per, here's a perfect We would say example. the same thing, though. Dude, here's a perfect only example. One hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, guys. Here's a perfect example. Shorty says, I stopped paying attention to politics. They don't give two fucks about us, so I reciprocate. Right. But here's the thing. So Biden and the Democrats pass a massive infrastructure bill. So when you see that new, those potholes filled, that new highway, that new school, that new, that new hospital and so forth, that wasn't because any of the Republicans in office voted for it. It was all Democrat voted for bills. Now, the Republicans will take credit for it. And we've already seen evidence of that, you know, them taking pictures in front of, of, of the breaking ground and so forth. So they do care. The Democratic Party is for the middle class. It's the only reason that I give them my support, no. despite the fact that <laughs> they are politicians. And I hate politicians. Terrible politicians. So, uh, to, <laughs> What happened to Aldo? I don't know. Aldo? Okay, he's back. I, bet I got him so me. upset that he left. <laughs> I accidentally pressed the wrong button or something, but I just don't understand why hardworking people like Tooch and Cliff Victoria yeah. and so forth don't see yeah. what is happening here. The Republicans and, are and we, we say the same thing about you that you don't see. But 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 no I, Democrat I, tried to overthrow the fucking government the, like January sixth. No, no, nobody did. No, that hasn't happened. That's a fact. See, and Cliff <laughs> says that the Democrats are controlled by billionaires. That is so uh, fucking Not just false. Democrats, Republicans too. Controlled by Thank you, Tooch. Thank you, Tooch. And he, you are here's right. Why, he, here's why the Democrats are terrible politicians. It goes down to foreign policy. Because uh, here we are in Ukraine, and we're sending $100, $100 billion to Ukraine. The taxpayers, uh, uh, taxpayers, we ask, uh, a majority of taxpayers would say, I don't want my money going for war because... Russia's a nuclear power, the proliferation of nuclear weapons. I don't want to die in a nuclear war. Leave it alone. And $130 billion could fund Social Security for quite a long time for our people who need that. I want to rely on Social Security. I don't want I don't give a crap about Ukraine war, Russia war. You know, I don't. I hate war. And Democrats used to be the party. What would of Ronald peace. Reagan They're say the party about what of he just war said. now? <laughs> Democrats are the party of war now. They're hard on for war. You know, this I... is how America makes money is war. The politicians get rich selling weapons the american taxpayer pays for it all and none of us all of us get poorer uh, before I well, let uh, uh, wait 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 one, one more thing okay. 
please, please. The foreign please. policy, they didn't even try to negotiate peace. They let China do that. So now you drive China and Russia into a, into a pact uh, against the United States. It's terrible foreign policy. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I can't, I will never vote for, I won't vote for a Democrat again until, one, they go back to being the party piece. I was against Iraq. I was against Afghanistan. I was against the Ukraine war. Any kind of war. I, I'm still uh, for peace. The Democrats I'm, are not anymore. Maybe, okay. maybe you guys are, but the Democrat Party is not. They're making but, money Tooch, on that war. is so wrong. No, you, it isn't. You, if you, look who no, came no, in no, to no, negotiate. No, no. Look who came in to let negotiate. Reply, let China let go in there and become the world power. Tooch, the, let, the, the me, let me dog. reply. Let yeah. me reply. Because if you were to canvass the Republican Party, they are all for... Oh, the, the politicians, sure, with the exception, absolutely. With yep. the exception of... I'm talking uh, about the citizens. Okay, but yeah, okay. Yeah. But Republicans know that their bread is buttered yeah. by the armament uh, uh, so military the industrial complex, right? Yep. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, uh, Dan Aguirre, tell me tell me uh, your thoughts on this. We're not going to solve anything here. No, we're not going to solve it, but we want to hear your opinion. It's just it's striking to me that this man has been impeached more times than he was elected. We, we, we gave him his due when he beat Hillary. He did beat her, you know, and, and the whole time he lost to Biden, he still care. We know there's proof that he knows he lost and tried to fucking raise money off of it. And has been lying to people and they, they still but, just but, fucking but all said that Russia helped Trump get elected. You denied the election too. Come on. Fair's fair. He beat Hillary. He beat Hillary uh, unequivocally. There's beat her. Of, she, there, there's like Hillary also fucking Russia she can see the election. They hacked it. There was never any evidence of that. And the TV, the Democrat mainstream media said that the Russians helped Trump get elected. And there was never any evidence that they said it for four or five years. They're still saying it. Hillary Clinton still says that Russia helped Trump get elected. You know, come on. And and now and then they'll say, uh, see, the Democrats want to exterminate the Republican Party and be the only pub, uh, political party in the United States. They're authoritarian. And what they want is complete. Oh, control. I can't take that. I got to get ready to go. That's but true. if you're going to, the, no. the per, like, Republicans the Trump are party the is calling hold, hold on, hold every, on, Everyone that I don't like on, is Hitler. Tooch. Hitler is, everyone's racist. Everyone's Hitler. Hold, hold, everyone's, hold on, uh, Tooch. Give Dan a chance to, to uh, yeah, Are you fucking yeah. kidding? It was, it no, was the fucking Republicans who were always calling Barack illegitimate and saying that he was from Kenya and comparing him to Hitler and drawing mustaches on him. Trump gained, gained his whole notoriety with the fucking smear campaign on Barack Obama, who we know by reporting during the transition period, like held this fucking guy's hand when he was overwhelmed, like, oh shit, I'm going to be the president. And Barack was like, I got you. And he still fucking attacks Obama. It doesn't even matter. But the point is this guy is under all these indictments. He still could get January 6th. And it's just like, it doesn't matter. Like it's completely ignored. Well, you know what? I'm voting for him in 2024 Trump train. It just, I don't understand. The Republican Party of 2000 or 1990 or 1980, there's no way they would support this fucking criminal who, and I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not saying anything that isn't fucking true, they're, man. They're like, all criminals. But no, it's a they're false equivalency. hasn't been fucking indicted. I mean, it's fucking Donald Trump who's the one right. that's Jimmy, indicted. Jimmy and Carter was the last uh, non-criminal. Well, <laughs> oh, okay, 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 hold on, real quick. Uh, yep. Tell me one crime that Barack Obama did while he was in, in, in office. Dropping dropping more bombs than any president in history, killing... That's uh, not a crime. 
That's not Rich a crime. Nixon said that it wasn't a me. crime, and he proved it wasn't when they tried to impeach him with it. It, it is to you. To, a, you a are not the, you. You are not a legal authority. I'm talking about real crimes. Real, well, but real crimes, real crimes. Tell me a crime that Barack Obama committed because the Republicans checked everything. Benghazi, Fast and Furious. They they yeah. had committees on everything. Tell me a yeah, real crime I, as opposed to what is happening with Donald war, Trump. War crimes aren't real crimes? Okay. I'm telling they you that the me. Republican Party investigated all these things and they found nothing to hold him. How's Barack a war criminal George Bush? And I like George yeah, W. George, Bush. George Bush is a war criminal. But Barack isn't a Illegal war invasion of Iraq. What? Illegal I, I invasion of Afghanistan. I can't deny those, and Joe Biden's one that got us out of Afghanistan, by the way. W. Bush. And here's how you know there's a uniparty. George W. Bush endorsed Hillary Clinton. It's all the same party. Barack Obama promised us to stop the wars. Never did. Drop more bombs than any president in American history. War I agree, is but that's not criminal. Yes. That's it is to true. me. War crimes are crimes. But, uh, man tried, wanna, but one man is trying to bring fascism to the country. You talk about authoritarianism, a guy that's trying to be a dictator and that's will if he gets... The censorship, the authoritarianism, uh, it's all the same. The 1621, January 621. <laughs> uh, May 20th, when they stormed the White House and forced the president down into a bunker, burnt down the church. They stuff, they know, May 20th, they forced Trump into a, a bunker. They stormed the White House gates. Protesters, Democrats. I've never, never heard of oh this. Oh, my God. Please, come on. Look it up. Are you going to compare that to January 6th, where they literally yes. tried to overthrow the fucking government? They didn't. Nobody tried to overthrow the government. Oh, my God. It, it, without weapons? How would you overthrow the most powerful Without weapons? Without, a, without a, a, an army invading. There's no, no. This is all propaganda drama. No, I saw it live on TV. It's no propaganda yeah. or drama. And, and I saw it in my own you, eyes. And that's why so many like, people how, have been convicted and in fucking know. prison now. The only one who's not is the this ringleader. Is yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't I don't believe it. I don't think it was uh, uh, an overthrow attempt of the government. It was, a, it was an attempt for the Democrats to use it forever, to say forever that they're the top party. They're the good party, the party of goodness. And we don't try to do this. But Republican Republicans, they're the bad party. This is what the Republicans do to the Democrats. January, on May 20th, they forced Trump down into a bunker. They stormed the White House. Then later on, Trump went to the church and had a photo opportunity. The idiot held the Bible upside down. You don't remember this. They were going to try to I, kill him. I remember Pelosi. that. Okay. And, All right. And Pelosi. That's, that's, a, that's, to me, as serious as January 6th. How am if, I blinded if, if by propaganda? I'm not I blinded, by, blinded pro by no. Victoria is saying that right now. See, uh, that, that any time a Republican disagrees with, they immediately say, "Oh, the liberal media." You're they immediately try to to fucking talk down to you, get condescending. You know something that I don't. I'm, I've bought into propaganda. Yeah, yeah. I've not bought into any fucking propaganda. Yes, Again, if this were Joe Biden, if this were Barack Obama, I'd be like, or Bernie. Joe I love Bernie. There's Joe no Biden way I would support not, what happened no on January 6th if that was my candidate. I would repudiate him. But there's no ability to think critically from Trump voters. They will not refute anything he does or hold him accountable. And if I'm blinded by propaganda, I'm dropping my mic because I got to go to work. <laughs> Dan Aguirre, I love you. I'm, I'm sending you the greatest hug that you've ever had in your love. 
life. I will hug you too, Dan, even though I am a centrist. But uh, and, now and, that the and, parties move so fast, yeah, I, I don't believe right. you're a centrist based on what I just well, heard. But anyway, I'm, uh, uh, let, let's let Dan leave because he, he needs to go save yes. some lives, and that's important. All right, Dan Aguirre, any last words? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Danny. I think he left. I think he dropped his he left. Mic. Right. I left. <laughs> no, I mean, look, neither side likes admitting that uh, they might be wrong. You know, I mean, Democrats don't like to admit they're wrong. Just ask them. They're never wrong. But uh, it, it, 90% of the mainstream media is left-leaning. You know, they support the Democrats. They wash over everything. The questions that Joe Biden gets are so fucking easy. They hold uh, uh, Republicans to the fire no matter what. I mean, I, I, I don't like the one-sidedness of, uh, of the media. And uh, that's part of what keeps driving me away from the Democratic Party. I don't want shit fed down my throat. I don't need shit fed down my throat. I can think critically. Um, but uh, I, I, I disagree with you, John. You okay. can't think critically. We've had this okay. discussion before. I and, think, and, and I know, would say the same. My side would say the same thing about your side. Well, but I, I will tell you. So, for instance, uh-huh. let me ask you this question, too. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. What What are one or two negatives about Donald Trump? Uh, all right, hold on. Because there's so many. There's so many. Okay, just give there's, me one or two. There's so many. Um. He constantly uh, uh, puts his foot in his mouth. Um, he constantly uh, says, like, crass things. Uh, he doesn't need to belittle people. There's no reason. Um, I don't like uh, at all how uh, he's he an egotist. The ego is, is uh, uh, and I, I mean, you, you can live with that, but it, it's off-putting, you know, uh, I, I can't stand his mouth, you know? His mouth looks like a, a, a round, a, a, I just hate that. I hate that. But uh, I loved uh, a lot of the, uh, uh, right, ask, is Trump racist? Not anymore, than, uh, about, about as much as Joe Biden is racist. Really? Uh, tell yeah. me more about that. Why do you think Joe Biden is racist? Because if you go back and listen, there's plenty of uh, 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 video on C-SPAN in the past or on, on YouTube where... Uh, you know, Joe Biden was a segregationist saying, end this, end that. You know, he was uh, mentored by, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, the former Ku Klux Klan. Uh, and Biden was called the Delaware Dixocrat for a reason. I mean, there's plenty of, he didn't want uh, his kids on the bus with N-words. You know, I mean, that's, that's on video on YouTube. Have you ever seen it? No, I, I've never okay. seen it. Go, but Go I, back and I, look I, for it. Uh, because they're both well, racists, you know. But, as much, but here, no, no. Here, let me finish this real quick. Please. Every every person of any skin color has the propensity to be racist. If black people don't like Asians, you know. I mean, it's all it's it's up to the individual to not be. You know, uh, uh, Asians might not like black people. Mexicans might not like black people. White people don't like black people, or, or Mexicans don't like white people. You know, every every race has the propensity to be racist. Stupid. You know how you get rid of racism? Stop talking about it. No, stop talking about true. it and get together. Get that's together. Stop Stop being racist. Stop the propensity. Uh, treat everyone by their actions and by their virtues and uh, uh, as an equal. That's right. how you get rid of it. Can, every can, every can race res- has, the per- has the propensity for racism, no matter what color your skin is. Uh, I, I agree with that. There's no mm-hmm. doubt ab- about it. Now, let me respond yep. without you interrupting me like I did not interrupt you, okay? Yes, sir. Yep. 
So like when Cliff likes to, Cliff Victoria likes to go uh, on the chat room and he's repeatedly say, I don't look at race. Race is not important to me. I think that's a wrong attitude to take. The reason why is that black people in this country have been victimized. They've been oppressed in so many different ways. It's important. In, in, when in the I past. Saw, wait, wait, in wait. The wait, wait, wait. In, in the past, but even today, Tooch, it happens yep. today. If so, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. Yeah, yeah. If, if mm-hmm. you know, I, I have been in a, a position in, in corporate America to look at resumes from people who are coming in. There has been from the a, uh, the HR departments that I have worked, well, they will take out a a resume from somebody named Tyrone Williams and then pass on a resume of somebody named Jack Smith. That is racism because yeah. they immediately have said, "Well, that's a black name, Tyrone." Was and this so, recently? Yeah, well, when I was in corporate America six, seven years ago, but it still happens today. If you were to ask any black person when they go into a store and they got a security guy following them and they're not following a white person, all these stories we see about Karen, all there's still systemic racism happening today in America. And and another important point that we have to understand about racism is that because of the racism that happened for 200 years of slavery, a hundred and some years of Jim Crow, that has prohibited black people and people of color from establishing generational wealth. That's important to realize that Except because for sports players have generational well, wealth. But that's yeah. a small, yeah. very small minority. You're talking well, about uh, 0.01% of the black population. So and, uh, uh, generational uh, uh, wealth has been stopped by white systemic racism in America. There is so much that white people don't understand about racism in the United States that really is important. And so you got a guy like Cliff's governor in Florida who is, try- is trying to prohibit the learning of this stuff in schools by by stopping books and cl- and classes in yeah, school from, from that will prohibit you from grade. learning that from kindergarten and, and, through third grade and i'm not sure that's correct that is you'll what have the to show says. yes you'll have well yes but well the democrat talking if, point if, democrat if propaganda but continue because i, I if understand that's what the if, if that's what the bill uh-huh. says the and that's what the bill says bill. but I, I i don't agree that that type of stuff should be taught yeah. to 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 and, people of that age. So if that's in the bill, then I I, I, I think, think that that, uh, that, uh, that is correct. But that, uh, there, we should there, be teaching you know, people that do you think that we should be teaching children today that white people are inherently bad? No, I think that I we either. should be teaching people mm-hmm. that white people in the past, yeah. people, white people in power have been bad. In the past, yep. Right. In the they, past, there's no doubt. And, and I agree that like uh um it, it, it is a, a, a perpetuation of uh, a past uh, perceptions that uh, I, I'm not going to disagree with you because um, for uh, uh, for many years um, until uh, affirmative action and civil rights, uh, the Civil Rights Act, um, there weren't positive steps made, you know, and uh, and, and uh, but but today I think uh, 
uh, if you would ask uh, plenty of people, and, and I'm not going to say it's true, but uh, there are, uh, there's nothing that, uh, and this is what this is the way it should be. There's nothing that any person of color should do. I mean, could do that anybody else could do that they can't do. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that they should be prohibited. And there's nothing that is prohibiting them from doing anything any other person could do. Like there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing I could do that a black person or person of color can't do in this country. You know, there, there, there's no law that is prohibiting. But but individuals have a, have a past a self-perpetuating past perception that is causing this issue. That's why I kept saying that it's inside the individual to look inside themselves and not keep perpetuating it. You know, because I agree that like if a black like this is the uh, Trayvon Walker thing where a black person is walking around, someone follows them because they think they're going to commit a crime. Because uh, 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 we have to we have to cut that perception out. Mm -hmm. A lot of great comments in the chat room. Chubb mm -hmm. says there's no such thing as different races of human beings. That was made up a few hundred years ago. And I agree with you, Chubbs. There's a, a really a, a white man named Tim Wise has written some excellent books and done some excellent lectures uh, about that very same topic. He says that it was white people who were rich who created racism. Because they, what they wanted to do is there was a certain period in time where they needed labor. And so they relied on, on poor white people to clean their shit, to throw out their garbage, to do this and that. And that, that there was yeah, a certain slaves. point in time where the white people were saying, well, fuck you. I don't want to do that. And so what they these rich white people did was create racism and so they they created this whole us versus them mentality so that they create yep. uh, yes and so uh so i agree with that and cliff um by the way uh uh, uh c sharp says everyone has the propensity to be prejudiced racism yeah. though is different racism is about power over someone else i think is what uh c sharp is, is I mean, referring to there and then one, one, one of, other thing i get the point Yes. One other thing, Cliff says MLK Jr. said character, not color of skin. MLK, when he made that speech, and MLK was a Republican, there's no doubt about it. What he was talking about no, then, he, Cliff, was, was an asp yes, he was. He was he was talking about an about aspirational that. thought. Yeah. MLK was against the Democratic Party because of the Dixiecrats. You had a whole host of Democrats in the South who wanted to oppress black people. And then when Lyndon B. Johnson signed the 1964 Civil Rights Act and the 1965 Voting Rights Act, all of a sudden those Dixiecrats went over to the Republican Party and Richard Nixon then took advantage of that with the so-called Southern strategy. And when Lyndon Johnson signed those that legislation, he accurately predicted, I am giving the presidency to the Republican Party for the next two generations. So, you know, I, I you know, I don't want to dismiss what anybody is saying, what you are saying, Tooch, what Cliff is saying. I don't yeah. want to do that at all. But I do believe after my own critical thinking is that right now, Dan is right. Donald Trump can do anything that's illegal and you guys will fucking look the other way. And then well, what Joe Biden, Joe Biden has not committed a crime. He we is don't know not. That. We don't well, know that. 
We don't know whether Trump has or not either. He probably both of them have probably committed crimes, in my opinion. Well, they're let fucking me politicians. Let me ask you this, uh, Tooch. Have you read yeah. the forty-six page indictment of Donald Trump? I, I, I mean, look, are, are indictments convictions? That's, that's a no. That's okay. a no, right? I, I, you, you can but, say yeah, answer, you answer the question. Answer the question. I have read parts of it. I haven't read the whole forty-six, but. but to me, uh, indictments are are accusations, allegations. Nothing's been proven in a court of law. Absolutely, you're absolutely okay. right. Right. So, I mean, people could say whatever they want to say. Like, I have a philosophy that is that would that which is presented without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. Right. So, I haven't seen the evidence. If okay. if you want to so go gonna... through a whole court case and he gets convicted, I'm going to say he was fucking dirty. He got okay. convicted. That 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 I, I totally agree with you there. Yeah, but I don't what, give a crap what, what about this indictments. In, what this indictment says, it mm -hmm. points out the yeah. evidence. They have recordings of Trump saying things that will convict him. They have all yeah. of his attorney's notes. These yeah. everything in that indictment is either things that he said or that his attorneys wrote in their notes, which were obtained There's by no, subpoena. Uh, so when you read this indictment, privilege. no, in this case, no, because what Trump was asking his attorneys to do was a crime. And so attorney-client privilege goes out the window when you're asking somebody to commit a crime. And so, so when you read that indictment and know the facts about the law, this <laughs> this is a, like a no-brainer. This guy is going to be found guilty if the jury is impartial, which in Miami could be a huge problem for the prosecutor. What about in New York? How would the jury be in New York? It would be the other way around, uh, an anti-Trump jury, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, it, it was, what was the the, the uh, thing I just set up there? Some oh, I just sorry. flashed one up. Did here. I take it, it like, away? It was it retro? Uh, Tooch said Donald Trump. Tooch just said Donald Trump committed crimes, not a deal. I didn't say that. I just said indictments aren't proof of guilt. Yes, that's there, there that what you said. People saying we got this case, we got him now, and you presented a court of law. It might be. Might be right, might be wrong, might be bullshit, might be true. I don't know. You know, uh, one thing I have a hard time getting my head around is what's so classified that a president can't see? If we're talking about top classified. The president can see anything. There's no classification higher than the president. So if we're talking about uh, Tooch, top, Tooch, top please, document, please yeah, let, me, let me correct you because I've done the right. research on this because I want to make sure that I'm talking mm -hmm. from knowledge here. The okay. that uh, the the uh, archives in the White House clearly states that once you leave the presidency, all of your records have to be turned over to the National Archives Society. You don't you do do not own this. Now the now former President Trump is saying I needed to look at these things. I needed time to look at these things, and mm -hmm. that's fine. If you want to tell the archives You're that you are Trump, doing that, but it. he never he never asked for that. In fact, he received a subpoena for those records and he denied that he had them. And there's videotape, according to the indictment, there is videotape of them moving the records from here to there so, in well, an attempt, and hold on, in an attempt 
to hide the fact that he had these documents. And then one last thing, Tooch, and then the floor is yours. Chubb says, I've, I sound like I've already made up my mind. No, Chubbs, I haven't because I, if the trial, is, when the trial, if indeed it happens. Well, you have because you, you have a personal animosity against President I Trump. Do have, I, I, know, do have, I, know, I do have. I do have. I know. He made people I, crazy. He made I, people lose their minds. Well, he's. I think he's a terrible human being. I and think this, Joe Biden this is, is a terrible before, human being, but I, I, and, I'm giving and, him and a that's chance. that's fine. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a Biden lover by any means. I did, I, you know, I, I held my nose when I voted for him and for yeah. Hillary Clinton. But yeah. my my point towards Chuck. I love is, that you just said that. Yeah, I, I mean, love, I did. I I, I love but, that you just said that. But it's probably for because, different reasons because I'm a far left liberal and I want mm -hmm. a president who is a far left liberal like a uh, like uh, 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 Bernie Sanders. But let me just answer. Hold on. Hold on. Yes, too. you're right. You're right. Yes. But let me just answer Chubb's uh, thing here. I, I have not really made up my mind because if I was selected yeah. to potentially be on that jury, I would swear mm -hmm. on the Bible that I will listen to the facts and I will make a decision just like many other Republicans with, with Trump did on cases that he was up against. Trump lovers voted guilty against uh, Trump because they were following the rule of the law. And I am... I would yeah. swear on my kid's life and and, so would that I. I would do the same thing. And I know you would, Tooch. Yeah. I know yeah. you would. And yeah. so while I feel like he's probably guilty based on what I read on those indictments, mm -hmm. I am not going to say that he is guilty because he is presumed innocent until right. proven guilty. Go ahead. Yeah. And that's the, that's the whole foundation of our country. What makes it beautiful is innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. You know, but... In the court of public opinion, Donald Trump has a pessy for being guilty before proven innocent. But I'm not. Look, I'm I, look. I uh, I hated Trump. For, I, my guy was Bernie Sanders. You know, I love Bernie. Then the Democrat Party screwed him over. I thought Bernie had a great chance of being president. I thought we could have gotten this country uh, on track for some good things. But uh, I don't like the fact that the Democratic kind of party or party kind of said that hey, it's Hillary's turn. It's nobody's fucking turn. The people decide. The people decide, not the elites, not the people in power. You know, and that's why I have a problem with uh, uh, both uh, uh, some people in the Republican Party and, and a lot of people in the Democratic Party is that uh, their 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 power uh, has uh, uh, made them uh, authoritarian over uh, the citizen. You know, uh, we had the James Clapper, oh, American. We're not spying on Americans. Edward Snowden revealed liars. That was under the Barack Obama administration. Uh, 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 the, I, I don't want my government spying on everything I do. Fuck you. Get to work. You know, you don't need to look at my porn habits, you know, <laughs> but I mean, uh, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know whether um, I see Democrats think that, that Trump is authoritarian. And I, and I think that Republic Republic or uh, Democrats are trending toward authoritarianism. What, where tell, do we go? Give me an example of that. Uh, um, because uh, the suppression of uh, uh, of uh, free speech coming from the left, I agree uh, worries with that. Me. I worries agree me. totally. Yeah, totally. Because uh, you want to say, uh, like, like I'll just give you an example. Uh, right now, it's like uh, there's only uh, uh, people say there's only two uh, genders, and people say, "Oh my God, you're homophobic, racist, blah blah blah." There's a there's a million genders of spectrum. Well, uh, I, I don't know. But for for as long as I've known, there's only been men and women, and because if uh, if you if you were to put uh, ten men and ten women women on a, a deserted island, and come back in a hundred years to have a thriving community, 
you're to put 10 men on a desert island with 10 transgender women, you'd have uh, 20 fucking skeletons. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying. It, it, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't create experiential reality. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know whether there's a God or not. I have a few basic philosophies, and one is that um, whether or not there's hey, a God. Hey, Tooch, Tooch, can yeah. I interrupt you just for a second? Because I really want to take a piss. So All while right. you're talking, I will put up the weather for Chicago, yeah. and please continue, and then I will join you in 30 yeah. seconds, okay? Do I talk for a while? Yes, please. Talk, okay. talk about the weather. <laughs> I love this weather, girl. I'll tell you that. I would. Uh, there are things I would do uh, to this weather, girl, which is so cute, you know? Uh you know, and wearing the hair parted in the middle, that's not a lot of people can get away with that. Uh, the dress, fantastic. The butt, uh, I probably shouldn't be doing this here. But <laughs> 12 skeletons already, yeah, right. Uh, I, sh I, I should take this time to plug the BCP show with Shorty, if, uh, if that's okay. Um, I was on BCP Thursday, I should go back and listen. We had Foster, PJ, and uh, I had never been on a show with PJ. PJ is my guy. I love PJ. Um, and Shorty does a great job on the show, so check it out Thursdays. It's Shorty, keep the show on Thursdays. I mean, if you want me to pop in, Mondays are really hard for me. Um, yeah, I was down with BCP, Cliff. <laughs> uh, I forgot I forgot the profound thought I was going to have. But, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. What, whether... What, what like I, I didn't create experiential reality. I don't know whether God did it. I don't know whether there's a God or not. And nobody ever came back to tell me that there was one. But mm -hmm. I will tell you that uh, whether or not there is a God, you should comport your life as if there is one by being a good person. Uh, totally because good. you make the world a better place when you uh, act as if there is a God who uh, will either grant you salvation or whatever. You know, uh, but uh, uh, that's called Pascal's wager. And you know, me being a gambling man. Uh, Blaise Pascal had always said that, look, um, you should you should act and pray and, and, and believe in God because what, if there's no God, you haven't lost anything. If there is a God, you've gained something. That's called uh, Pascal's wager. You know, so I, I kind of believe that, that uh, my, my philosophy along the lines is that you should act as if there is one, you know, and you always do good in your life. And, and uh, uh, I'm not super religious. I was raised in the, I was raised Catholic. You know, like Aldo, probably uh, the, uh, Latin uh, Aldo and I both are descended from Latin uh, uh, speaking countries um, and uh, the Roman Catholic Church. But not, recently I've been going to uh, what my daughter's called the rock and roll church, like mm -hmm. on Sundays. And uh, it's in West Des Moines. And uh, uh, they put two singers in America's Got Talent. So I go there and I, their band is freaking fantastic. And uh, they're saying they don't. It's not all Jesusy and Gotti and stuff like that. But uh, the music is fantastic. They had a, a woman that sang like Bonnie Raitt last week, and she belted out this tune. Man, I got, I got some feels. You know, I go there and everyone's friendly. There's people of all races and colors nice. uh, coming together. And afterwards, they had uh, uh, there's a donut shop here called Hertz Donut. And uh, I'll tell you, the Father's Day sermon. I just want to get this out there. The Father's Day sermon like really got me here. And it, it, uh, this church is modern. They've got big screens and stuff. And uh, the pastor put up some Seinfeld clips to get his point across. It was really funny. It was uh, uh, Jerry's dad and Lloyd Mandelbaum, Mr. Mandelbaum. Like they both had the shirts, like number one dad. And then Lloyd Mandelbaum had to get a shirt that said world's greatest dad. You know, and then he had a Ted Lasso clip later with the, where Jamie's tarts dad comes in. 
and uh, like just making fun of the team Richmond because he's a Manchester City fan. And uh, Roy Kent comes up and gives him a hug after his dad, you know, was tossed out. And uh, uh, the the theme of it was, what does it take to be a good dad? What does it take to be a great dad? You know, in this in the sermon, and he mm-hmm. started by saying that um, young men of today. Uh, uh, are, uh, are told not to be uh, virile or, or men. And uh, one, one in five men can't name a single friend, 20% of young men. Uh, 90% are uh, addicted to their screens, phone or computer or television. Uh, uh, a lot of them are addicted to video games and pornography. Uh, a lot of them have trouble keeping a, uh, employment. A lot of them have no father figure in the house. You know, it really got me to tell you, like, how to be a good dad and stuff, you know. But uh, well, it helped me focus I, on, on my uh, on my daily life, you know, every day. And, th- and that's all that, that you could do, really, you know, whether or not there's a supreme being or not. But uh, I, I, I like to live in a world uh, that's grounded in truth where I can communicate to a person. I don't, I don't want to know your pronouns. I want to know your name, you know. I don't want to know uh, your – I don't want to hear about your sex life, you know, because so you don't want to hear about mine. You know, that's it, man. I mean, I just want to treat everybody as as a human being uh, because we all experience life. You know, we're thankful that we get to experience life. You know, we're thankful that uh, we're alive, man, because uh, where else can you uh, find something where you have friendship, love, you you have you have uh, love of family, love of friends, love of of the Chicago Bears. You know, Uh, imagine. Uh, imagine not getting to experience all this, you know, we're going to go back and like, Hey, my life was rough. Hey, my life was this. Hey, my life was that. But you wouldn't ever say, I didn't want to experience it. You know, you yeah. wouldn't ever want to say, I didn't want to experience. It. I'm glad I got to experience it. I'm glad I got to make friends. You know, I'm glad I got to do all this and that and, and whatnot. But uh, uh, then that was how I spent my father's day. Mm. Was focusing well, I, on I'm so glad you shared that too, Chenette. I think, and one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I'm glad that you shared that is because it, it just shows that despite the fact that we have political differences, mm-hmm. we have so much in common. In common, yes. yes. <laughs> you know, and Tooch and I have, you know, have, have driven for many miles down to Bourbon A, shoulder yep. to shoulder, I, sharing stories, <laughs> me no, listening I, to him. I'll never He's, navigate for Aldo again, folks. That's right. He, uh, <laughs> we, we went a few miles past the, our exit. <laughs> Thanks to well, Tooch, I was but, so excited. I was riding in the car with you. We got to talk. <laughs> I do consider you like an older brother, you know. Well, and I, I, I just like, you know, I just wanted you to like me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I wish you would just consider me a bigger brother as opposed to an older brother. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, that's what I meant. Yeah. I'm maybe, just kidding. Maybe like I'm, a couple years older than me. <laughs> but my point is this: is that yeah. you know we can have diverse political opinions, but me yeah. and you. Me and Cliff and me and any other right winger. Yeah. You know, I work closely with Greg Gabriel and, and Mike North, and they are Trump lovers. They are right wing. And yet I'm not going to ostracize them from my life. You yeah. know, I have family members and in-laws who are Republicans and staunch conservatives. And while I disagree with them, we're able yeah. to have these conversations in a respectful manner. And sometimes we'll say something that's out of line and so forth because we're passionate. And I you know and I, I know. I've had that situation with with Tooch right here on our show, and I've apologized to him about it. And he says, there's you don't no need to apologize. To, yeah, there's but, nothing to apologize for. 
But that, that, but that's one of the reasons why I love you so much is because <laughs> some people would have said, "Well, fuck you, Aldo. I'm never going to talk to you again." But you but were able why to, I, able why to would forgive I me. That? But I don't yeah, have you know, to forgive. <laughs> but you know, some people might might feel that way, and so I just want to say that yeah. we are able to talk about our differences in politics yeah. and able to get past the animosity yeah. we might feel about the political thought, but it should not change how I feel about John Santucci, a guy <laughs> who is a great father to his daughters and his son, a great husband to his wife, yeah. a great friend to me and so many others. And I hope that he has some nice things to say about me. Now, please don't oh, say them now because, uh, <laughs> but I, <laughs> But, you know, that's that's how I feel. And Cliff uh, said that if we're going to do a political show, that you, uh, John, and him can <laughs> represent the conservative point of view, and Dan and I can represent the left well, point of view. And that would be fun. That would be fun to talk I, about. I don't know if I'm really a conservative. Do I like conserving things that I think are worth conserving? Yes. Um, do I like uh, preserving beauty? Of course. You know, mm -hmm. uh, things that are beautiful about this country uh, do I, am I sometimes resistant to change? Sure. You know, mm -hmm. am I sometimes, we're all fearful of change, you know, mm -hmm. uh, if we, we get used to, uh, uh, our lives the way they are, we don't want too much change in them. But, uh, um, I, uh, I, I'm kind of more, I, I like the way that, uh, the American system is set up because, uh, I don't believe in like true democracy because if you had 51% and 49%, uh, a true democracy is, is in my opinion, semi-tyrannical because you're always going to have like roughly half the people unhappy with a democratic like decision, like oh, fifty-one percent. You know, now, I, I kind of more like the uh, uh, the states deciding things, and I could choose to live here and, and, and vote for this or vote for that uh, if I don't like something. You know, I, I think the state should be allowed to to make more decisions. The federal government not get in the way. You know, I know that that's uh, Democrats want a bigger or large. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Uh, and I don't even Some know if Republicans want a bigger government or smaller government. I, they could be just saying that, you know, and I, yeah. I have a hard time believing any politician, whether on the right or on the left these days. Yeah. I have a hard time believing any newscast because they were wrong about so many things. You know, uh, uh, I, I don't uh, I, I do feel uh, uh, that uh, the next election, uh, I hope hopefully, uh, you know, there's more, less war and more uh, focusing on the American people. I'm, I'm worried because I'll be dependent on Social Security, you know, and uh, if uh, Social Security runs out, uh, that, that's going to uh, cause me to, uh, uh, you know, maybe be homeless, you know, because, <laughs> you know, that's, that's why I was oh. like, uh, you know, I, I, I don't feel, I, I think that instead of, I, I'm against the Ukraine war. I, I'm against it. I, let I me ask that, you, uh, uh, let me interrupt you a second there, uh, Tooch, and, and mm -hmm. we're going to get out of here in 10 minutes, I promise. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm keeping it. Who, 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 who was the, what, what political party introduced the Social Security pro, uh, uh, program, which is the yeah, most popular FDR. government pro, program yeah, in Democratic history? Party, in yep. And which political party is most against Social Security now? Well, I, I, that, see, I don't, I don't think that the Republicans are against Social Security. That's kind of a misnomer. Well, Ron, Ron DeSantis has says that he wants to get rid of and, and, uh, the, the Social Security, and other and, Republicans have said and, that. You don't hear that from any Democrat. But uh, not get rid of it for the people who are already uh, in it. It wouldn't take effect for uh, many years. 
as I understand the viewpoint. It's not uh, getting rid of oh, just a hard stop. Nobody's getting it. It would be, you know, uh, a starting at a certain point and replaced with something more of an investment thing. At least that's how I understand it because nobody wants, nobody would, would uh, that would be political suicide, you know, to campaign or suggest anything like that. But I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's years down the road when a new program would be implemented. But do I think a new program should be implemented? No, I think we should, instead of spending recklessly like drunken sailors, I think we should be funding, you know, because there's plenty of senior citizens that uh, are having a really hard time, you know, and I, I think that uh, the money would have been well better spent at home. I agree. Know? I agree a hundred percent with you. Yeah. Social security and is a fantastic. I don't want to die in a nuclear war, although. Yeah, I don't either. You know, I don't either. I don't, you know, that could happen like that split second. Yeah. It could, nope. it could indeed. It could indeed. Anyway, uh, it, this has been fun. Yep. I, I really appreciate everybody who has been respectful, and everybody has been respectful in the chat room, sharing their political yep. points of view. Trump says 90% of people never collect Social Security, but they pay in, and we are supposed to believe they're about mm-hmm. to run out. How do people it's not know the government no is idea. scamming? Well, I'll tell you why. Because people have, uh, politicians have been it's dipping question, into... Though. Politicians have been dipping into the Social Security fund. And this is every presidency. Every Mm -hmm. presidency has been taking money out of the Social Security fund and putting it into their budgets to help pay for some of their programs. Now, the biggest, the biggest culprit was Ronald Reagan. He, because of his massive tax breaks where he took the tax breaks that were 50 percent against the wealthy he had to pay for his budgets by by raiding the social security fund so that is those are facts and i'd be happy to prove them to you in in, in, oh no uh, trickle down economics is the stupidest fucking policy ever thank you by the way to uh tell us about uh vip how how's the betting going and close your show off by uh, promoting what you got going on brother well uh I have uh, uh, been doing okay. I mean, I had had a couple hot. Both both my free plays won tonight, so I had a Bet US affiliation with Bet US, uh, where mm-hmm. I, I tweet out usually Bet US, and, uh, and then uh, I have an. I would like to have Bet US sponsor the weekend sports betting tips. Yes. Uh, so I'm working on talking with the guys and my marketing. Okay. I, I, I'm part of a small marketing group that was uh, the former marketing team uh, from Pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was the original sports book that started all the sports betting. And uh, uh, one of the guys who started Pinnacle is like, you know, he's kind of semi-retired. He just likes, he has, he's, he's a lonely old man. He loves, he just, sometimes he'll just call me, you know, and I, I'm on the phone for like an hour with him. And uh, uh, he's, he's like semi-retired. And uh, I love it. I love uh, it. He just likes helping out young handicappers and stuff. Uh-huh. So, you know, they, there's a retweet club, you know, over and over and under girl. I know, you know, uh, you've seen. Oh yeah, uh, she's uh, great. I would love to have her on the show. You should invite her on to one of her shows. She's very shy though. I don't know. She doesn't like doing them. She's very cute too. And then, uh, you know, Anthony, uh, sports.com. And then we're, we're keep trying to get Sean Higgs to join the team, but for whatever reason, he's been fighting us. (laughs) But Sean keeps keeps asking me, when can we come back and do the barroom show? Mm -hmm. And I said, all right, well, uh, you know, I'm trying Anthony now work on it a little bit harder. And uh, maybe we can get some, that's what we need is like more barroom people to kind of, you know, show up and rally around and, and sort of get into it and stuff. But uh, recently uh, we did, uh, Anthony, I've been doing the, uh, uh, the ladder challenge, mm-hmm. which is you start with 20 bucks and uh, we turn it into 500 for, if you sign up for it. Oh, cool. You know, so if, uh, 
the first one we did was we did it. We went all the way to 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, the second one, you know, we lost on the second bet or something like that. But say it's super hard to string together five winners in a row. Oh my you know, gosh! And we yeah. don't do it every day, so we're like waiting for this play to come, and we're waiting for you know, like you know, that's, we that's try. That's the way to do it. Smart but betting. It's been exactly. hard, and uh, it's been it's been really popular. I've, I don't know. I've gotten a few signups uh, uh, for this, and uh, the first one, like I said, went really well. Even I did it because uh, you think uh, if it loses, I've only lost twenty bucks. If it wins, right. I'm taking home five hundred. Like yeah. Anthony's went, he was he was at four hundred, and uh, he had to do another one. It went, they finished with eight hundred twenty three dollars. So uh, that was the last one, and I, I'm kicking myself I didn't get in on it. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I was so busy though. You know, I mean, uh, I know, man, you're so one busy. of the busiest guys yeah. at the bar room. And, I like about it. My, I, I don't know. I, I haven't told you this, but uh, my son is in trouble again. You know, oh, it's like no. he went back to Illinois, and uh, uh, you know he was doing great. He had this great job. It's like 28 bucks an hour. He's supporting himself, renting yeah. a place. Yeah. And uh, he got pulled over and he had a, a an, uh, he uh, had a busted for possession of a firearm with a revoked Foyd card, which is a class three felony. You know, I'm like, you fucking dumbass. You know, like after I calmed down, I was like, look, it's OK. I started a, a give, send, go for him, raised uh, like thirteen hundred bucks for him to hire an attorney and stuff like that. So it's not all that bad. But uh, I mean, I, you know how it is. I mean, you have kids, although. And when they do oh, yeah. something stupid, you're like, God damn it. Why, why didn't you listen? Why don't you listen to, you know, I'm never going to, you know, I'm never going to lead you wrong. First of all, I told him like, don't leave Iowa because I hear I've got, there's a job fair at John Deere. They're paying 43 bucks an hour. And he's like, nice. John Deere, John Deere hates, you know, they were against the scabs, whatever, something like that. They, I was like, what are you talking about? Just go, they pay for your, they, like John Deere pays uh, your full insurance, you know, your premium and everything. You don't have to pay anything. You know, at my job, I have to pay, I don't know, like 30 to 50% of a premium, you know, out of my check. You know, like, John, you don't have to pay any. Plus, they have free school. They have profit sharing, a company match on your 401k. I'm like, dude, know. you know, like 43 bucks an hour is like 100000 in Illinois, you know. Fuck, it's man, like, that's good money. That's I mean, he didn't listen money. to me. He didn't listen to me. So, uh, you know, he's uh, – and now he's like, I don't think I'm going to be able to come back to Iowa because they're not going to let me leave the States. Yeah. You know? So, but uh yeah good I mean, luck with that brother the kid but, I, I, you know the other time he got busted for pot you know yeah. and it was a it was a month before illinois legalized it oh you know? jesus i know so we had a, a another felony but he pled to a misdemeanor so he's okay that's so just know. not right they should uh, they should have thrown all those out uh <laughs> it's just fucking ridiculous oh my I know. god i know Anyway, Tooch, I love you. Yeah, Great love discussion. You <laughs> I, I really, really appreciate us having a, a, a civil discussion about politics. And for everyone involved in the chat room, I truly appreciate that. I'd love to talk more about politics. What, what, what we'll do yeah. is we'll market it, we'll brand it as a separate political show. Because I know some people show up here and they want to talk football and are not interested in talking yeah. politics. So we'll make sure that we do that. And yeah. um well, uh, those guys come on like North and Gabriel. Uh, you Probably know, not. what? maybe, I don't know. I think North will, uh, oh, okay. Gabriel, Gabriel tells me he doesn't like talking about, likes to talk about politics, but then, you know, every once in a while, he just volunteers a, uh, a <laughs> comment, you know, how uh, that is. Well, but, uh, 
Well, uh, yeah. you know, Cliff, Cliff is in. So uh, it just just having the four of us and, and anybody else in, in the chat room who would like to be a part of that would be fun uh, to discuss our differences it, in the civil it, it, manner. It's hard to do. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. I mean, you, you look at Dan. Dan, Dan hung yeah. up on us, and, he, and that's know. not him, you know. But, but well, I mean, he's a hardcore liberal, you know. I don't know about that. Like, I mean, Dan and I, I have had discussions liberal. about stuff. Like he has been very critical of many liberals, like Nancy Pelosi and so forth. So, I, hardcore liberal, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, we, all, we, there's nuance to all of our thoughts. Like you've shared opinions with me, uh, Tuch. That it, I'm like. Oh, huh, sounds like a liberal, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, I mean, so certain, we, we all have that, things, right? Certain things, yeah. I'm like, I, I, I think gay marriage should be legal. Mm -hmm. You know, I have no, I, uh, you love who you love. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. If you exactly. love who you love, you should be able to get married to that person. That that is a true conservative opinion. Get government out of my life. If I want yeah. to love another man or whatever, government shouldn't shouldn't be involved. Yeah. That's a Lesbians true conservative opinion. Be able to marry each other, yeah. I, I, mm -hmm. That's why I'm kind of in the center, I think, you know, but I mean, both sides are moving farther and farther apart and I feel uh, alienated, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But uh, like I said, I just try to stick to my uh, core values. Like I said, you know, uh, comport your life as if there's a God, uh, you know, uh, don't destroy human life, anti-war, uh, pro-peace, you know, uh, don't, I, I don't want to uh, be forced into, you know, uh, like, like if, if, I don't want my speech compelled. You know, like if someone were to say, uh, you must use someone's pronouns or you're going to be arrested. You know, I would be against that. Yeah. You know, I, or, you know. I, I, I might agree with that. I'd have to study more on it. But, yeah, that's a that's a that's a, a, a sensible opinion there. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, and if, uh, all right. Yeah. Let, let's let's pull the plug on this one too. Uh, yeah. Again, great big hug to you and a great big hug to everybody. Yeah. I will be on there. live yeah. at 11 a.m. I will be live at 11 a.m. Central with Greg Gabriel. We're going to talk some football. Our, unfortunately, our guest uh, said he's, he can't make it tomorrow. We were supposed to have Olin Krutz on. Uh, oh. it, was a, it was a soft uh, yes, but he's going to be on a little later. And so uh, okay. Greg and I are going to carry the hour and a have half. Have you had ourselves. Olin before? I'm sorry, say? You had Olin before, haven't you, on – uh, back in 100 proof days, yeah, yes. Uh, so, but we'll have him on again soon. And uh, I, I would like to do an Ola Crucha, but from a very safe distance. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? <laughs> yeah, 100% sure. Uh, but we, uh, we, our next show is at 11, our next live show is at 11 a.m. I gotta uh, be honest, I, I've been trying to reach out to some of these Bears rookies and ask them if they would come on, like DMing them and on yeah. Twitter. And they all fucking ignore me, those fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. even like Chase Allen on the Bears, you know, I'm like, hey, I, oh, he I, would I'm be like, great. Right I know. I'm like Iowa right here State. in Des Moines, bro. Iowa State, I love you. I watch your yeah. games. No, not a word. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of them don't follow their Twitter yeah. accounts. And if they're not True. following you and you're following yeah. them, you know, they, they don't see those those messages up yeah. there. Twitter should really correct that in, in some way to make yeah. it easier for people to realize that they've gotten a, a direct message from someone who they're yeah. not following. But that's a different story for another day. Uh, yeah. Thank you to everyone again who has watched this. We'll see you tomorrow, hopefully live at 11. If not, make sure you check out our programming on our YouTube Barrow Network channel or wherever you get our audio podcast. Big kiss to uh, – look, at, I got it the right way. Big kiss to Tooch right there on the cheek uh, and to everyone else. <laughs> no, no, no lip kissing. <laughs>
<laughs> I'll talk to y'all later. Bye-bye. <laughs>